Rachel Berry and Jay Austin sings! And that's how Sue sings it. This is a song that I wrote for Sam. It's called Shouting Out. Ladies and gentlemen, new directions. There was a time when I was the biggest star. No, you're crazy for not letting me shine. Where's Rachel, huh? Being a part of something special makes you special, right? Hello, and welcome to Glee Wind, the podcast where recapping something messy makes you messy. I'm Michael Swan. And tonight, it makes you drunk and horny. Oh, yes! That's very true. Like, mm-hmm. which those kind of go hand in hand. I know. I was, while we were watching it, I was like, oh, this is also like two very similar it's a, episodes. It's a very interesting two-hander. It's also like, we've talked a lot about how the first half of the season was, was very like theme specific and yeah. it's like, like artists or like this, this, this back half is, is just kind of like concepts. Yeah, it's concepts. Love. I'm Jorge Molina. <laughs> yeah, uh, you kind of never. Um, but yeah, no, I was thinking of like, cause it's theme, but more in like your classic teen show way that is theme. It's yes. Like, you know, the, you know, the, the week where it's drunk, the week where it's like very special episode about sex ed. Uh, which I enjoy. I think they with work it bonus lesbian storyline. I forgot all of that happened. I was here. really gagged. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think those themes work much better in this context, where it's like yes. openness. If you haven't uh, figured out already, we're talking about the season two episodes fourteen. Uh, blame it on the alcohol. And fifteen sexy. Mm-hmm. I guess we can just r- jump right into the first one. Um, we might as well. I've I've already like. Yeah, you already started. You already started. I have one more week of this bullshit. We did joke. I told Jorge, I was like, we should have actually, like, had a special episode for Blame It on the Alcohol where we just, like, we just did it. We may do it. Power Houred or, like, shots of tequila. (laughs) We we should do, we should divide a drinking game around it. Oh, good God. That's dark. Uh, And then release the rules of the drinking game. Yeah, so all exactly. our, our listeners can play. Oh my wait, no, I don't like this. This this sounds like it's gonna get us in trouble. As uh, as Will Schuster said, like four hundred people die of alcohol poisoning a year. Every year. Yeah. And I don't wanna be responsible for that. We hey there, people are adults. We can just you know, as they say also, like they're gonna find what they're gonna find. We can just give them the tools the tools of, to make the right decisions. Um blame it on the alcohol. Season 2, episode 14, written by Ian Brennan, uh, directed by Eric Stoltz, uh, aired originally February 22nd, 2011. And as the title suggests, this is... A boozy episode. A boozy episode. This is an episode that revolves about Alcohol Awareness Week on McKinley High. Which is, which Principal Figgins decides to implement because apparently kids have just been showing up wasted to school. He suspended, like, Six people, yeah. and I, he, he and he he starts to blame it on like you know me, you know all the popular music glorifies drinking, and he talks about key dollar sign ha. I've always found, I don't know when, did you drink in high school? Um, a small handful of times, okay. like it, and it was like late in high school. Okay, um, because I was very like I was very like goody two-shoes yeah, about that. Yeah. Like, we were raised, like, a certain way, and, you know, we didn't do that. And, I mean, like, I'm actually, like, I'm glad I didn't go and get no, wasted. No, I know. Like, me and my, like, honestly, like, it, like I said, it happened a few times. Like, me and my friends, we were a bunch of, like, choir nerds, and we would, like, 
hang out and yeah. like just like play stupid games and shit and like had a blast. I don't regret like any of that. No, 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 that's fair. Um, no, I say because I've always found like in 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 shows and like and, and movies you always see like the this rate high school ragers and whatnot. Yeah. But then when I came and moved here, um, I found out like like maybe more like. 60-70% of the people, like, in college, like, didn't drink in high school. Yeah, or, no, like, you know, no. it was, like, super rare. Like, I, I never went to a rager or anything. Mm-hmm. If, it's, if it's anything, it was, like, I was with a specific group of people, and it was literally, like, a stupid, like, oh, let's drink. Like, that should be... And, yeah, like, yeah. and that's why it was, like, just a few times, because it wasn't, like, a social thing I normally did uh, at yeah, all. It yeah, was, well, it was and, very rare. And, and and it was usually, like, over the summer break. Like, and I'm talking, like, between junior and senior year and, like, senior year in college. Like, yeah. this was, like... Well, once I turned 18, me and my gay best friend would uh, go off to the to the gay clubs in, in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Like, and I would be oh. spending the night at my yeah, friend yeah, yeah. Chris's, mm-hmm. and then we would end up going out to the gay bars. If my mom is... <laughs> if my mom has found a podcast <laughs> and is listening and has caught up to this portion... Uh-huh. Whoops. Uh, hey! <laughs> Um, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's also, it's also culturally different. Like, I had my first drink when I was 13, and, like, yeah. by, you know, by all the quinceañeras, like, you went and got drunk, uh, like, that. So, like, and, like, allegedly, I, like, I'm pretty sure, like, some of these parties happen sometimes. Like, I knew oh, yeah, people no, through parties. Yeah, of course. I was largely uninterested. Yeah, no, but it's, it's fun, because, like, I mean, it's interesting, because all the, like, party and raging and, like, getting, like... What you usually do in college, like, I did in high school, in, like, early high school. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it was, like, by, I don't know, the, the development is, like, different, because... But then also, like, coming to gay world, it's also, like, doing that all, like, the yeah. third time <laughs> in my life. So I'm, like, my liver is just, like... You're doing please great, God. though. Yeah. No, I know, but it's, like, I, I, I went through that literally three times. Yeah. Like, the first time, then here in college, and then gay, which is, like, doing it <laughs> just lasts forever. Um, so my, yeah, my, my liver's like, please help. I'm I see you there. Um, but yeah, so it's a alcohol awareness week at <laughs> McKinley. And on the podcast. And on the podcast. Um, and pr- Principal Vigan says, okay, well, I want the Glee Club to perform something at this assembly. Yeah, something that'll, that'll, like, demonstrate responsible drinking, yeah. which I yeah. don't know what song that's supposed to be. Uh, with us over Emma. Which I'm like, great. This is the second Mr. Shoe seat, like two scenes, and they're both shoe scenes. I'm not loving this. Yeah, not loving but it. and also he but like, it diverts. So like the second, it, it does, doesn't end, doesn't end being a, like an episode about him. No, thank like, God. there is some they really of him, had me but like, yeah. Um, but he just like plops up to Emma and is like, and is like, enough with this not being friends. And I'm like, what? what and gives her a toaster. That, I was like, that's aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gives her a toaster. Yeah, because he... I missed that. Okay, Is that like that. a belated wedding gift? Because he, he says, like, I, I learned that you and Carl are looking for a house. I don't know how he learned that. But uh, he... And he puts a toaster. He's, like, definitely following yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, we're looking for a house thanks for this toaster. Where am I supposed to put it? I don't have a house yet. Well, it's not like they're homeless. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, just, I just hate That those. doesn't work like that. Like, you leave a house and then look for it while you're still not in a house. <laughs> Listen, like, let me just be mean to Will, okay? Um, Sue calls him a future alcoholic because his life is sad. She does. Mm-hmm. Okay, but at one point, Emma, in the conversation, she's like, so let's catch up. And she's like, are you dating anyone? And it's, like, so sensual. I swear she's got, like, like something in her mouth. Like... <laughs> Well, essential as I'm looking at. Well, very. We, 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 we learn next, next week. 
when Sue was like talking to to Will and trying to intimidate him about coaching oral intensity, uh, Emma interjects and is like, "How are you? How are you teaching oral mm-hmm. intensity?" And yeah. she's like, "Well, you know, theater teachers, you know, are, you know, they they really need them. They're very high high in demand." Uh, and uh, you know, the uh, oral intensity coach, he, he fell down a flight of stairs. It was a terrible accident. And then we cut to <laughs> Sue pushing what she called a chipper homosexual and then down we, the stairs. Which the men is okay the first time around. <laughs> and then... The joke would have been fine, like, just there. Like, but what really got me is he gets up and she shoves him yeah, down Yeah, no, she goes down and flight. shoves him down a second flight. So... <laughs> We appreciate yeah. the shoving of chipper uh, homosexuals down so flights that, that's, how, that's how we got the job. Um, then we see Pac approaching Rachel because mm-hmm. uh, he has heard that her two dads ha- have gone out of town. Two rich gay dads. Two filthy very, rich yeah, gay dads. Yeah, we will go back to that later <laughs> on. Where, where are they, Jorge? Um, they are... I mean, they told Rachel <laughs> they went on the Rosie O'Donnell cruise. That sounds like a... a yes, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> they Which, actually just told her they're cruising. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like I, I told you, I don't doubt that Rosie O'Donnell performs in the cruise they are in <laughs> but that's also definitely there's more to yes there's more to the cruise to the cruise that they're doing also yeah definitely like i know the gays that have a teenage girl but also will like go out and like kink cruise it oh you know? absolutely like, like, like they are those that men kind of absolutely exist. Like, i know those they like go to like weho and like yeah, or exactly. like bear night, or I mean, you know, <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> this uh, is why they can't make it to her performances ever. <laughs> the Rosie O'Donnell cruises. Uh, I mean, Rosie O'Donnell cruises. To be honest, I you know if I remember what was that cruise we what we it was Christian Chenoweth and Catherine, and Catherine McPhee. McPhee. Yeah. Oh, I think like, it was the like Provincetown too. It sounded mm-hmm. great. Yeah, it sounded it's, fabulous. All I can think of in in this scene because I think she literally says it. So does Puck. Was she's alone in her house? I'm alone in my house. They could. She could have done have that. The... Uh, yeah. Tell me. I I instantly thought about it. Um, and especially because she then she brings up that she needs to work on her songwriting. She you know she can't be partying, and she has new role models in like Carol King, and even like references yeah. Joni Mitchell yeah. later. Oh, so yeah. I'm like, wow, the Carol King vibes of Alone in My House would have worked. <laughs> I mean, look what I found. Um, <laughs> then we see that Rachel invited Finn into the choir room because she has a song that she wants to play for him. <sighs> um, and then we get the iconic, iconic the hit. <laughs> the award winning it went to number one, to number one critically reviewed Pulitzer Prize winning song <laughs> My Headband There you rest with all the rest of my accessories on my nightstand You're red or yellow and like a good fellow you get lost in my mess but when schoolgirl pigtails won't do and I need to control my do you're the only one I can count on my headband you're my headband wrapped right around my Product like 
Magellan. Uh, hold, hold on, hold on. Wow, wow. <laughs> Which, as princess, it's about a headband. <laughs> but I love how long it took him to find out it's about a headband, because it took him far too long. Yeah, yeah. And then, because then she says, but well, I, I was supposed to write about what I know, and I'm like, I don't know much. <laughs> Um, I love the line because I, I need to control my do. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> and she, she rhymed does, it like, with the word "do" <laughs> earlier. Like, oh no! Re- uh, Leah performs the shit out of this ridiculous fucking song. Oh, she, also she sounds great. Actually, she like, does. By this point, I probably want to plug the audio, but she sounds like great in this uh, number. Uh, and then when Finn's like, "Well, like you maybe gotta like live a little," Rachel's like, "Yeah, you know what? Like I'm gonna do it." So like. We're having a party at my place, um, and and this weekend. So she's like, "Let's go find Puck and get this going." Yes. Uh, then we get uh, one of the show signature Ugh. for like hallway phone calls in which they are all I calling love each this other every time. Mm-hmm. It's it's very it's very cute. Uh, where they're all trying to find out if the others are going to go to the uh, party. It sounds awful. Is anybody going? Let me find out. Did you hear? Yes, Mercedes just told me. Tell them I'll go if they go. Tell myself I ain't no Pony Express. You're going, right? Only if there's liquor, because a Rachel Berry party is not something I can do sober. But it's Alcohol Awareness Week. Precisely, and I am aware of how much fun alcohol is. Let's ask Puckman. You go for Puck. Noah, it's Santini and Art Sadies. Can your friend score some wine coolers? No, but his ID can. Oh, if we're all in, it's settled. The Rachel Berry house party train wreck extravaganza is officially a go. We got two ship names. They didn't stick, but um, at one point they answered the phone and they're like, you've got Santitney and Art Sadies. Which I, mean, I kind of love Santitney, but Britannia but is... I mean, we, we had it evolve into Britannia. Yeah, I was going to say Britannia wasn't born yet. Yeah, Britannia oh. wasn't born yet. Then, so, and, and, and Mercedes is like, bring on the Rachel Berry house party train wreck extravaganza, which I'm which like, that sounds should iconic. Be, should be a theme night on the gay bar, <laughs> you know? Category is. I mean. Honestly, with, could you imagine that runway on Drag Race? I was going to say, with last week's episode about, like, everyone dressing up like her. Oh my God. We, also, this reminds me that we, I still mourn the last opportunity we had of seeing Blair Sinclair from Rachel Berry oh, as her snatch game. I know, that would have been um, iconic. Which wouldn't have been really good, but <laughs> yeah, just the not. fact that we were that somebody like, would have done it. it. Uh, then we get a cut to a portrait of Rachel. Oh, wow, can I get one commissioned we, in my home? Yeah, when can where can we find this portrait? <gasps> where is the portrait? Yes. Who wants to uh, give please, us this portrait? Uh, Christmas is portrait. coming. Uh, please Oceans Nine. Oceans. It's about me and Jorge stealing this portrait. And it's probably not stealing, it's just someone asking it for him and they'll gladly <laughs> give it because there's somewhere exists a large you know, that's portrait. Leah Michelle's home. It it's is. a portrait of her as Rachel Berry. That's definitely, it's in an altar in her home. It has a separate room. In, in, in her own hurt, hurt locker? Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, we cut to a portrait of Rachel and then she shows up in what is like. Uh, uh, a nightgown, like a very Wendy from yes! Peter Pan Live. I just had the uh, same thought. Nightgown. Uh, she... she wishes she were in Peter Pan I Live. Was... <laughs> Again, Alison Williams taking Leah, Leah's roles. We wow. need to make the, to write these wrongs. We she's welcoming Blaine and Kurt into her house, which is from the hallway. Very large. Yeah. Very rich. Rich very... gay dads. Mm-hmm. Rich gay dads. 
I mean, if you think about it, they were able to do the whole, like, fertility treatments and stuff. And, like, they were able to, like, make the whole baby. Like, Oh, no, time. yeah, yeah. I want. I wonder if once we see... They live in Ohio. Yeah, I wonder if, if we learn what they do, like, once they find out. Mm-hmm. Once we see them, actually. Um... And then where 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 does where does she take them? Oh, <laughs> to what I wish I had their their family's Oscar room, famous for their annual Oscar uh-huh, viewing uh-huh. party. It's just like wow, same. Yeah. It's just my living room. But yeah, they had. She was like, we redid our whole basement. Uh, Blaine asks, "Is that a stage?" <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah. Sometimes I like to put impromptu performances for our neighbors." Um, Jorge, what do you think the Oscar room is for? Oh, I like I told you, I don't doubt that <laughs> they have Oscar viewing parties. <laughs> but after they're over and like Rachel goes to bed, they probably lock the doors and do what they are doing at the Rosie O'Donnell cruise. Lock the doors tight. Mm-hmm. And like probably the walls open up and there's like a lot of leather. It's just, like, <laughs> just like a button. Yeah, a button. And, like their red room is their red room. Like, <laughs> wow. Fifty Shades. And then, so Rachel, uh, her version of all of this is she's handing out two drink tickets so it doesn't get out of hand and she has wine coolers. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is adorable. She had rules no one should be can sit on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's boring. What kind of party is that where you can't sit on anything? And then people start to leave. Great party, Rachel. We gotta run. Yen, dinner reservations. We, 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 we haven't even played celebrity yet. I, why is everybody leaving? Because this party blows. I, I haven't even had my first sip yet. How am I supposed to rate both sides now if I can't even throw a party? Look, if you want everyone to stay, you have to let me break in your dad's liquor cabinet. No one's gonna get buzzed off two wine coolers. I'll replace it before they get home. And but then, we haven't even played celebrity yet. Which, to be honest, a Rachel <laughs> Rachel Berry party sound iconic. Like, because it's literally <laughs> what we do. <laughs> Rachel Berry party. Except we would the guy. The, I was about to say the problem would be the two wine coolers, but I would have just brought a bottle of wine. Yeah, no, we would. Not Here's be the thing. Also, Finn at one point said, like, I thought he'd said something about securing alcohol somewhere or something. He shows up empty-handed. Just like, that's Puck was it? Puck was like, I'll bring a keg. Oh um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Sorry, that's what I meant. I mean, but um, they all got wasted on those wine coolers unless someone went and. No, they more. say so. What happens is as they're leaving, Puck's like, "Can we raid like your dad's liquor cabinet? True, like, I'll replace it." Fair. I'm like, "Bitch, will you replace it by the time they're back? That never got addressed." Yeah. So they convince Rachel that she needs to let go and like. Make because she was name. panicking because in the second Joni Mitchell reference of the episode, she was like, how am I supposed to write both sides now if I can't even throw a good party? <laughs> so she's like, bitches, the party is on. Yeah. And then like hard smash cut oh, to, no. like, to a party, like straight out of late 90s, early 2000s teen <laughs> uh, party uh, montage of them drinking. Which is a blast. Oh, it's it's, like, if the episode were more of this, I would love it more. I enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Um, I think this is where it's like strongest when it's like being silly. Oh and... yeah, because it's like it's we we it's recontextualizing all of these characters in mm-hmm. a different setting than like what we usually do. Yes. And just like letting them loose, and they seem like they truly seem they had a blast filming yeah. these sequences. Oh yeah. Because it's just all of them acting they were drunk. Probably they drunk. Were probably drunk. Um. It, it it's just like them drinking. Rachel's chugging wine coolers. And she it says tastes it tastes like pink. Like pink. Uh, then I mean we see that Finn is 
Finn and Kurt are both sober. Yeah. Finn because he's the designated driver and Kurt because he's still trying to impress Blaine. And then <laughs> pan over to Blaine who is not at all concerned yeah, no, about trying not... to impress Kurt. Uh-uh. He, he is... <laughs> he is wasted. wasted. Uh, and then Rachel approaches Finn and Finn's like, okay, you're new at drinking so I'm gonna... Yeah, because she I'm was gonna mean all girls over this. him. I'm gonna mean girls like, uh, meet you. I um, did love this part though. Uh, where you belong. Oh. Uh, thing. Uh, part of the of the evening. Oh no, this is my favorite part of the episode. Yeah, it was like, great. It's so fun. So he just starts pinpointing what the types of drunks are and what everyone in the group kind of falls into. Okay, Rachel. Since this is your first time at this, I'm I'm gonna break it down for you. Guys and girls fall into certain archetypes when they get drunk. Exhibit A: Santana, the weepy, hysterical drunk. You like her more than me. She's blonde and awesome and so smart. Admit it. Just admit it! No, excuse me! Lauren's Isis and Quinn, the angry girl drunks. I can't believe what you did to my body. I used to have abs. Who told you the hairstyle was cool? Geronimo? Chill out. Brittany, also known as the girl who turns into a stripper. Taking it red! My girlfriend, I love you, babe. Mercedes and Tina, happy girl drunks. And then we come around full circle, right back to you, Rachel. And right now, you're being the needy girl drunk. Hanging all over me, being overly lovey, it's not cool. Of these categories that Finn gave, like, where, where, where would you fall? Okay, here's the thing, because I've been many of them at different times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, semi recently, um, I've been weepy, hysterical, drunk. Um, but I've been there in in many occasions. She hasn't been around in a while, though. Every pride I get, weepy, hysterical, drunk. It's really great. I don't. Did did I cry this last pride? Uh, I don't think you did. I don't think I did. And you know what? That is gross. gross. (laughs) Well, because it was before. Was it was not. Um, Um, I, I will say. I'm rarely ever angry girl. Yeah, drunk. I've never been an angry drunk. That's not. Um, that's just not me. I'm um, not. Uh, uh, I'm not overly happy girl drunk. I mean, I'm just like fun girl, but I wouldn't say like overly yeah. happy. But I'm also been needy girl drunk. Yeah, I've been. It depends who I'm with and like the circumstances. Yeah, uh, I've also. I've never been an angry drunk. Sometimes a stripper drunk. Um, oh, I forgot about girl who turns into a stripper. I like. Would give like, straight I girls give, like ratchet I, drunk you I, know? in college, and again, this was like film people parties. I would like give lap dances to Britney Spears songs to straight girls, yeah. like that's about as far yeah, yeah, yeah. as that's been. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and yeah, I'm a com- combination of like happy, needy. Mm-hmm. It, it depends what mood. I mean, it's it's it all it changes like, exactly, variables. exactly. Yeah. I will say my one question here was like, he was like, everybody breaks down into these archetypes. And he's like, all these women do this stupid shit. And there's like, no, I was like, oh, eventually there's going to be like the horny dude drunk, the like stupid dude, like, like something. And like, I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, cool. I was wondering if it was a longer scene that got cut. Let's not give them that. Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Cause no, I mean, it's just something like it has a like creative. It just seems something that would be fun to write. No, yeah. Uh, and they probably did have fun a lot writing. And I, I don't know. It, it would be weird if they didn't who's, put... Figuring out who's who. Because like, what I love is Santana being like crying hysterical mm-hmm, drunk, yeah. especially in the context of the next episode. Exactly, yeah. Because it's like, oh yeah, she's angry like 
IRL, she wouldn't be like the angry drunk. That's too easy. They yeah. like, I feel like it was kind of a good decision. Yeah, no, it's like, good. And I, I mean, I like that they made Quinn an angry drunk, you know. <laughs> that's like a she. You know, she was like, I used to have abs. Because she would be. No, I know. And I'm just curious what they would have done with the guys. Because it's also like, yeah. you know, it's. Like, Mike would be, like, show-off drunk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, like, yeah. Sam would be show-off drunk, too. I feel like he... No, Sam would be pull out a guitar and strum it drunk. Oh. Or, yeah, I'm trying to think who would be, like, a homoerotic straight guy drunk. Oh. You know? Because I can see Sam doing that. Oh, a little bit. You know? A little bit. I'm, and, and, like, who... Or, like, I'm, like I love you, dude, drunk. You know? <laughs> you know? Sam would be, I love you, dude, you know, drunk. You Absolutely. Well, there's there's some queer Sam moments in these episodes, yeah, no, I will definitely. say. We'll, we'll get to that, because um, I think I have two. Yeah, there, if I, I, I remember, remember correctly. right now. But, yeah. Um, yeah, tweet at us what you would think the guys would fall into, and what kind of drunk you are. <laughs> Let us know that. If you're under the age of 21, yes. please don't We're 18 drink in certain countries. Reply. Oh, so, yeah, we're. Because so we have an international, we're international. audience. We're um, international girls. Oh, and then, yeah. so the next genius idea to do, which I'm convinced nobody's ever, like, like, I don't, like, it's one of those which came first, the chicken or the egg, like, people actually playing spin the bottle or spin the bottle being in, like, movies and TV and yeah. people being like, we should play spin yeah, the bottle. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, because cause Finn is, like, and you're being needy, Rachel, and, like, that's not cool. He's putting his mm-hmm. boundaries. So she instantly, like, sh- yeah, shifts. And shifts. it's like, well, but then she shifts again. She's like, we're playing spin the fucking bottle. Uh, we see, I mean, some of the kisses we get is Brittany and Sam. Um, Which Santana's like those on my trouty Aerosmith lips. I think may what, maybe she was referring to Britney. Mm. And then we get Rachel uh, landing on Blaine. <laughs> we get Kurt fully being me for like the next like minute. Well, we get because then like they they do like fun like peck and like uh huh you know, like, and it's Ooh. awkward and, and then like, Blaine like. Gets into it. Yeah, suddenly there's there's a shift in the force. Yeah, there's a like, pull up the neck. There's uh-huh. the like, lip. And Kurt's like, ah! <laughs> And then, yeah, you see Kurt in the middle, like, <laughs> like fully, like, popping up the, like, this is enough, guys. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and so, naturally, the next step <laughs> is for them to duet together. <laughs> Leah's found her next duet Leah's partner. Duet partner that still, you know, the... The one man uh, who's still willing to go and tour with her. Wow. Oh, to tour with mm-hmm. her. I was like, Jonathan Groff was on the album. Well, Jonathan but... Groff was in too deep. He can't <laughs> get away anymore. Uh, so they perform Don't You Want Me, which I love the song and I love this version because it's fun and it's... Rachel gives me hand choreo at one point. Because it's also like they're, I mean, the vocals sound great, but they're also great at performing it like drunk. Like yeah, Darren's throwing himself around yeah, a lot. Yeah, and it's... Darren looks good in this moment. Oh, he does. Uh, he, yeah, he looks great in this episode. I don't know, like, but, like, just, like, the drunk face he puts on, if that makes sense. I don't know why that's attractive. I don't know what does. it is. Yeah. And then the hungover face in the morning, I'm like, yeah. I love all of this. Yeah, no, it's... He would have great bad head. Mm-hmm. And oh, great. Very... But... Oop! And it... Um... Yeah, so the, it's it, it's a fun, it's a really fun number. It's like literally drunk and karaoke. Yeah, it's very cute. Uh, which it's... again, I think it's 
I don't know. It felt like a different kind of number than what we usually get. Oh, wow. Get. The first time they ever duetted. Yeah, the first time they ever duetted. But it's also like, because it's not a fantasy number, but they're all, they're performing, but not in the same context they usually perform. Yeah, it's, it's I very, like, like the environment like, of it. I like yeah, the, it's the really, context. Really fun. It's cute. Um, then the next morning, Bert is trying to find out how to make brunch. And as he goes into Bert's oh. bedroom... Uh, Blaine wakes up in, in the bed, passed Ooh. out. Mm-hmm. But Kurt is very like putting yeah, on Kurt's his face. Yeah, Kurt's very nonchalant. Like he's in the he's in the bathroom, peeking around the corner, like, "Hey, Dad!" Like, yeah. da, 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 da. um, doesn't really see what the big deal is. Uh, and his dad's clearly like very like, "Oh, what the fuck? There's a stranger in my <laughs> son's bed. Um, I'm gonna uh walk out of here." <laughs> but he was like, "Oh, you were supposed to. They were. He was supposed to teach him brunch. Kurt yeah, was supposed exactly. to teach him about brunch." I was like, "That's cute." Which he does eventually. Well, um, yeah, but he's a little bitch about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so the following Monday at school, they're all incredibly hungover. They've had a two-day hangover. Yeah, been there a couple times. Yeah, well, but. I mean, I guess because it's their first time, like, drinking Maybe, heavily, yeah. And, like, um, like, really lean into it. Uh, they're all, like, wearing their sunglasses, uh, and we see that Artie has brought Bloody Mary. <laughs> or, little hair of the dog. Yeah, because it's, that's how, that's what like, Bloody Mary I did love the contrast of, like, they're all wearing sunglasses, but, like, we have a hungover crew, like, giving one kind of body language, and then, like, the, the already, the already morning drunk, drunk yeah. crew comes in, like, hey, still wearing sunglasses. It was kind of great. Um, and that's when we, we get into, uh, blame it on the alcohol. Blame it on the Artie alcohol. The kicks, titular kicks, kicks us off, of course. Uh, and they, at first I, I, I thought it was a fantasy number. Same. Because it's very, mm. like, it's shot like an R&B music video in and the club. And it's even, like, blurry. It's blurry. It's, it, it's, like, all the club lights. So there's, mm-hmm. like, the, the furniture. Because it starts off in the hallway mm-hmm. and then it, like, transitions yeah. to the stage. And They're all in, like, their going out clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, I mean, we see they're performing. In then the, all of a sudden we, we cut to, like, Mr. Shoe being like, yeah. Yeah, he's bopping to And this. I'm like, what? Also, the rental of that furniture, probably another deduction of the (laughs) April. We should have made, like, a spreadsheet of, like, a budget of of the April Roads. Um, The April Roads fund as it dwindles. Yeah, that should be... But we also have to consider, you know, the Berry Dad's donations consistently coming in. Whenever we do the, like, presentation party where we have three minutes, (laughs) one is going to be a budget uh, breakdown. New direction spending. New direction spending and, like... I'm going to research realistically what everything costs and, like, calculate out how much this choir Incredible. Uh, uh, spent. So, Will is like, that was great, you guys. He's like, you know, most of all, I was impressed by your acting ability. Like, I thought you were really drunk. Ha 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 ha. And then, like... I truly thought that some of you guys were drunk. But we take our craft serious. Problem is, th- that song is great, but it, it kind of glorifies drinking, don't you think? I mean, we're supposed to sing about the, the dangers of alcohol for this assembly. Well, good luck finding the song that does that. Mr. Shoe. first of all, that vest is very cute. You are all kinds of awesome. But second, maybe there's really no songs about the dangers of drinking because there's really none as long as you have a proper designated driver. I ever told you how great you are. Well, well, Rachel, yeah, driving drunk is dangerous. And have you guys ever heard of alcohol poisoning? Yeah, it kills about 400 people every year. At... Santana, are you, are you crying? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. You're such a hypocrite. You drink. Most adults do. Well, I may have a beer every now and then, but I, I, don't, I don't get drunk. We're just saying this is a waste of time. I mean, we're totally aware of alcohol. We see adults drinking it and having fun. Every commercial during NASCAR is for beer. Okay, okay. enough, guys.
But I mean, it's it's very like that that pretending that you're not drunk. Well, yeah, I mean, and we love like Rachel stumble over to Mike Chang, and then as I pointed out to Jorge, she's like raising her hand up his shirt before until Tina comes in. Tina's like, no, (laughs) ma'am. My one storyline. Don't don't stick it. This is all I have. Please, this is all I have. and then, I mean, they basically are saying, Mr. She, like, maybe there's no uh, songs about being aware of alcohol because there's nothing to be aware of. Like, yeah, they're like, it's not dangerous. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Like, it's just fun. And they're like, all we're shown is, like, beer commercials this. And, like, mm-hmm. you drink, don't you? And blah, yeah. blah, 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 and blah. I, I mean, I was going I, I to mention this later on, but I think they have, like, a very comprehensive conversation about, like, alcohol. Like, yeah, like it's not very like, like what a teen show could easily do, which is like, show how bad it is or yeah. like go no. to extremes. I mean, it, at the end of the day, like my thought process is like demonizing it doesn't work. Yeah. And neither does like full on which, just like, yeah, drink away. No, which, like, which is like, you should be edg- it's, it's the same thing with the, with the that's sex That's what episode. I was going to say. Like, edg- compl- they complement each other really well because it's the same at the end of the day. It's like, we, we can give you the information uh-huh. and you kind of like have to figure out what to do with it and uh-huh. like it's not realistic to to pretend that this shit is not gonna ha- happen exactly cut to will and beast in the in the teacher's lounge and he's having the same very same <laughs> conversation <laughs> basically and he's like well he, well he says you know i used to drink all the all the time in high school yeah, like more than they did he's like a blacked out he said he had to he most of the time it was to deal with terry Again, this is just giving us more material. Which is so for, rude. For Glee Origins. But also now, oh my god, Will is a drunk in Glee Origins now. We oh, yeah. love he's a, it. He's a full on, it like, explains so much. We, we, gotta, uh, we have at least two. We're going to take that blacked out a few times and run with it. Oh no, it's like we have at least two. Because he said a couple of times, he said at least two times we can make him black out. Oh and, no, I think it's, I think he's underselling it. Like, that's like spoken like and somebody. To deal is. with Terry, wow, we could, we could make this. We're gonna milk it. Yeah. It's gonna be brilliant. Uh, um, and and I'm and and he's like, you know, I ended up okay though. And I'm like, did you, Will? Yeah, did you? Like, I don't know if you did. Look at your life. Look at your life. Look at your choices. Like, like American Beauty said, look deeper. Um, and is the next scene Rachel? Well, the next my next note is Carol King and white wine. Yes, so yeah. it's Rachel <laughs> yeah. because yeah. Rachel's literally pouring herself. <laughs> I do have a, a question. A logistical question because the the white. The, the wine glass we have her, it's like a bedazzled white like glass, uh, which is very, very clear that it's catered to her. Yes. But she also said before that she'd never drank before. So her dad's just have like a glass that's like designated to her for when oh. she starts drinking. Oh, I can tell you exactly how that happens. Because you're two gay men swirling around your big wine glass oh oh Rachel (laughs) and 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 eventually like your young daughter we're talking I'm like talking when she's like Uh maybe like Uh tannish whatever uh she's like daddy I want to like you know drink juice I want a I want a pretty glass and like well like an apple juice situation yeah so like (laughs) she was literally poured like apple juice and grape juice in a bedazzled ass wine glass that's probably plastic yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, true well this makes a lot of sense see and no a gay, yeah. gay men would do that you uh, had a question and I gave you yeah. an answer like that's exactly what would also, happen also what, what did you know the, the label of the wine 
It was like it was Lady like Spark, Sparkle, yeah, Sparkly, something, which something is like something that. A gay Matt would have. So, uh, yeah, and she's listening to like "Far Away" by Carol King, and yeah. I'm like getting, I'm like, same girl, same. I know Rachel calling up boys. I mean, which also which this I'm not doing, but <laughs> this also like relates to the next episode. Of, I mean, we'll get into that, but it, the whole thing is like how she's gonna end up dating gay men. Uh, oh. And it's because she li- is living like a gay man. She's having an Oscar viewing party and like stages on her basement and playing celebrity. People, like, of course, you're going to be attracted to gay men. People are worried if gay dads are going to turn their sons gay, but it's actually gay dads are going to turn their daughters into gay men. So she's calling Blaine. Rachel's calling For Blaine. For some reason. Uh, we get the next. I mean, first we get like a quick cut to um, Blaine and Kurt in the coffee shop uh, talking about like, ooh, you were so drunk and like... Which you made a good point. What time is this? Like, yeah, exactly. Is she <laughs> day drinking? Like, because I got the, like, appearance that it was like 9 p.m. or something and yeah, they're at it's... a coffee shop that's busy. But basically we go from like the two-sided conversation with Rachel and Blaine to like just hearing Blaine's side of it. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 I'll see you then, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. Uh, and Kurt's like, oh, you know, what was that? That was Rachel. And he was like, oh yeah, we're going to go on a date. Yeah. And Kurt's like, yeah, yeah that, what? Uh, 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 what? Uh-huh. Uh, and then Kurt proceeds to, uh, spew by erasure. I know. The, the biphobic rant that follows. <laughs> What's the harm in, in going on one crummy little date? You're gay, Blaine. I thought I was, but I, I've never even had a boyfriend before. Isn't this the time you're supposed to... Figure stuff I out. That I'm hearing this Maybe right I'm now. Bi. I don't know. Bisexual is a term that gay guys in high school use when they want to hold hands with girls and feel like a normal person for a change. Oh, why are you so angry? Because I look up to you. I admire how proud you are of who you are. I know what it's like to be in the closet, and, and here you are about to tiptoe back in. I, I'm really sorry if this hurts your feelings or, or your pride or whatever. But however confusing it might be for you, it's actually a lot more confusing for me. You're 100% sure who you are. Fantastic. Well, maybe we all can't be so lucky. Yeah, I have. I've had a lot of luck, Blaine. I was really lucky to be chased out of high school by a bully who threatened to kill me. And why did he do that? Because he didn't like who I was. Sort of exactly what you're saying to me right now, isn't it? Yeah. Also, Kim, like, and this is gonna come up a lot, but Rachel's a really shitty friend for this, because, like, she, like, they literally just had that girl's slumber party yeah. talking about, yeah. like, the stuff with Blaine, and it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just really, like, you're really gonna go for your gay best friend's gay best friend? Who yeah, he has who, a huge crush on? Yeah, who he explicitly has said he has a crush on. Um... Then I just, like, ask Blaine is leaving. <laughs> He's like, I would say bye, but what, what was the exact quote? It something about, like, I would say bye, but that would probably make you angry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, like girl, work. I can't. Uh, then we have Will in a cowboy bar riding a bull, a mechanical bull. I don't think we ever brought up the fact that, like, Beast it was like, you have to, like, have some other outlet to yes. get out your frustrations. Mm-hmm. So Beast invited him to this, like, Yeehaw mm-hmm, bar, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty sure is Oil Can Harry's Over the Hill, which if it is, we stand because yeah. they do like line dancing on the first floor and then like disco they do a disco mm-hmm. night, they yeah. do a karaoke upstairs, yeah. um, and it's all very gay. Um, but you know, in this universe, it's just a very, very straight theming yeah country uh, bar. Country in bar. He's he's riding the electric bull. He's he's line dancing. Yeah, and then they sing a duet. Yes, and then yeah, and Will. Uh, 
somebody was like, my friend Shannon the Cannon here would like to, you know, bring up her friend Will Schuster. Yeah. I will say that the best Will scenes are Will Beast scenes. Like, I like their dynamic a lot. I, yeah, I get uh, what you mean. Because I think they balance each other well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this, I mean, not the entire Will plotline of this episode, but, like, their scenes were kind of cute together. Like, I get I, what you mean. Like, I'll I could, allow it. I, I could use without this. Like, I didn't need the scene. But I also, like, it wasn't, like, I wasn't mad watching it. You know? It uh, was just, okay. like... Okay. I'll accept that. Like, I mean, it's probably going to be my least favorite number of the episode, but... Mm-hmm. I think it's... I mean, if you bring, like, her into the fold, it's like, okay, I can, like, work with this. Because she's yeah. really good at doing this. Um, then we get uh, Kurt and Rachel cleaning the party, which I guess has been lying there yeah, for, like, I'm, days. I'm, I'm like, how long were they on this cruise, yeah, girl? I mean, they those cruises leave? are, like, three weeks. So, like, <laughs> probably. They probably um, travel the fucking, like, Mediterranean and, like, going to... All the little, like, gay, gay destinations. If they need companions, let us know. I'm telling you, Brad went with them. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Brad was there oh, to Brad play for my head band. <laughs> they were like, you I, I actually thought about this because <laughs> I was going to bring it up otherwise. No, like, they no, were like, Brad, did. you got to stay here. Like, <laughs> take care. Like, <laughs> And again, we get more of, like, Rachel being shitty. Well, because first of all, she calls out the obvious, which is you're just here because I met up with Blaine earlier and you want the tea. And Chris like, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then she, I don't know, she proceeds to talk about, but like, what about me? And like, yeah. what about me having a Rachel man? Rachel talking about herself. Like, <laughs> and it's just like, you're a shitty fucking friend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then, this... well, they, they, and then they agree basically to say that, um. Because they didn't kiss on this date. Blaine they didn't. And, and the Rachel did one. not kiss mm-hmm. on this date. Because they, they went on. to see a movie and they dressed up like the characters. Again, the gayest date. Yeah, they, they do it. And they were like, <laughs> reciting dialogue the together. Along. And so Kurt's like, well, yeah, because he's not going to kiss you sober. Like, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to be real. And Rachel's like, well, you know what? I'm going to kiss him stone cold sober. And then you're going to have to deal with it. And I'm going to take you out for a piece of humble pie. And this is when Kurt is like, well, sis, you know what? Go on ahead. Yeah, yeah. Because you you. this is just going to be the first of many a gay man who dates you. He, or, he called him flaming homosexual. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. he's like, this is the first of like many men that is going to date you, and in the end, turns out to be a flaming homosexual. Look, I know that you have feelings for him, and I'm sure you think I'm crazy for asking him out, but Blaine is obviously conflicted, and if he turns out not to be gay, well, then I guess I will have done you a favor. And I'm doing you a favor by telling you that Blaine is the first of a long line of conflicted men that you will date that will later turn out to be only the most flaming of homosexuals. Blaine and I have a lot in common. A sentiment expressed by many a hag about many a gay. Look, I don't doubt that you and Blaine would have a jolly good time shopping at Burberry and arguing who would make the better rum tum tugger. <laughs> I don't dispute that. But there's something you and Blaine will never have. And that's chemistry. Which is I mean, she rude. marries Jesse St. James, so... I mean, which I was going to say, it's rude, yet extremely <laughs> accurate. The only one that wasn't a... Um, well, besides Finn, um, is the, the prostitute. What? We don't know that. <laughs> he may have done. He may oh, yeah, go he... both ways. Good or, for him. Yeah. Like, glow. Legalized sex yeah, work. Yeah, they please. That's gonna be our season four stance. Just think of that sex work. I can't wait. Um, I can't wait. Then, um, Will's coming back to his apartment drunk. 
Again, I'm not sure about what the timeline of these things are, because, like, that's middle of the night, but they're also cleaning an apartment, and, like... I'm very confused about the timing. Whatever. But um, he comes he back also has drunk a... to his apartment with Beast. And with a piece of hay in his mouth, yeah, because he was at a country western. No, lie. it wasn't. It was stupid. I was like, get that hay out of your mouth. He made a very hot drunk. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, then... No, he was too drunk. Like, he was... like. He was the only one... The kids played it more convincingly than him. Like, Matthew was very, like... Oh, she really leaned there. into the cartoonish after Yeah, yeah. Uh, he says... Uh, well, this is when they discussed, like, what we talked about. Like, who the dangers of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's better for us to teach them about the dangers. Like, it's not realistic. They're not going to do it. Um, yeah, we have to know it's going to happen. But that all that we can do is, like, ad- adequately prepare them exactly. as best we can. Uh, Beast heads out. Uh, and... The- they kiss on the lip in a, yeah. in a very consensual way, but I was like, oh, and she's like, love you. Because there was a moment where you thought he was going to pull, like, one of his, like, one of his kisses little again. Schuster but then, like, as they were leaving, they, like, just leaned in and, like, pecked yeah, each other. Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah, very, very, uh, consensual. <laughs> uh, then Will starts grading tests while drunk. And, and which, opened a beer. Yeah, I mean, he gets, so he, well, I mean, which, like, whatever, like, if you're there, like, want to get another beer, like, you do you. No, he was wasted. I mean, yes, it's not great, but, like, what I'm more upset about is that he is performing work. Oh, no, 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 no. If he, like, no, I'm, no, I, that's exactly my problem, yeah. too, but I'm saying, like, it would have been bad enough if he were as wasted as he was and decided to sit down and grade those papers, but he, like, grabbed another beer. Oh, yeah, no, I beer. thought you were gonna, I thought your problem was that he kept drinking. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, I mean, it's that he kept drinking and grading papers. Yeah, no, papers. exactly, it's the paper. Because I'm like, since you were already, like... Also, like, he would know better, like, I know, like... Yeah, I don't, I don't buy that his character would drunkenly grade papers. Exactly. Unless it's maybe, like, because he didn't get, doesn't get that drunk very often, maybe, like, the, like, that kind of, like, overachieving part of his brain being like, uh-oh, we have to grade our tests yeah, for exactly. tomorrow. Yeah, no, but he's, like, he's doing it all in a very jokey way. Like, yeah. I also like, feel like he would have already graded his test. I don't know. He's just such a loser. Yeah. Like, what else was he doing? Exactly. Also, apparently it's a weeknight, and, like, That's it's... what I'm confused about, because we cut to school tomorrow, yeah. and I'm like, Beast, why did you take him out and get him wasted on, like, a Tuesday? I mean, cut to us, drunk on and... a Monday night. <laughs> We love Musical Mondays. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm not teaching children. We're not teaching children how to walk in nature. Um, but before we go to the next day, uh, we do have to mention that Will decides to drunkenly call. <gasps> oh, God. Someone. We get a, a, a shot of his uh, phone. All of his work contacts are conveniently under W. Yes, yes. Which means Principal Figgins, Emma, and Sue are all... On the same. Wow, the front office erasure. The, the front, front office, office erasure. also there. Also there. Uh, so he is dialing and then he drops his phone and dials again and starts drunkenly slurring a UOP message. Oh God. And it's terrible. Because he's like, obviously, like, he's like, you're such a pretty girl and I know you're ticking. And I'm like, this is extremely Yeah, well, that's, that's what we get to learn hereafter when no he like we heard part of the call oh really yeah we get to the taken part yeah he oh, said that okay. like in the first part i believe okay um because later it gets even more specific get a little more specific. um uh but then the next day like he's going he's drunkenly work walking the hallways well not drunkenly like hungoverly yeah walking the hallways he's got the uh, sunglasses uh and emma uh 
approaches him and like, are you okay? You look awful. And he's like, yeah, but I'm also like super embarrassed for like all the things I told you last night. And she's like, LOL, she's about like, what? Like what? Like I didn't receive anything. You what know? What would you have said that yeah, would have exactly. been embarrassing? It's like, oh. Uh, but then, I mean, he says, this is all like a drunken dream. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's and, like, oh, God, yeah, 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 whatever. And then Sue, uh... Turns the corner. Turns the corner, uh, threatens to put him into a 12-step program again. <laughs> Calls him out for his Corey Hart invitation. Mm-hmm. Then we get Kurt actually trying to teach Bert how to make brunch. Which, again, which day of the week this is. Like, <laughs> I'm confused because we go straight school? from, like, yeah, the like, morning of school to, like, now we're suddenly teaching how to bake souffle. Yeah, exactly. What do you think about this scene? I have multiple opinions about it. Um, surprise. Um, because we have... Basically, Kurt's dad approaches him about... I forget how it comes up, but eventually Bert brings up the blame in his bed of it mm-hmm. all. Look, I need you to ask me before you have someone sleep over. We, we were fully clothed the entire time. Blaine was too drunk to drive, so I let him crash here. I was being responsible. Wait a minute, you kids are drinking now? Finn and I didn't have any. If that's what you're worried about. No, I'm worried about you being inappropriate in my house. And if Puckerman had a sleepover with Finn, would that be inappropriate? That's different. Because they wouldn't have sex? No, I would never allow Finn to have a girl sleep over in his bed. But would it make you uncomfortable if he did? Hey, when have I been uncomfortable with you being gay? So it's not being gay that upsets you, it's just me acting on it. I don't know what two guys do when they're together. You know, I sat through that whole Brokeback Mountain. From what I gather, something went down in the okay, tent. What do you want from me here, Dad? I I want you to apologize for being inappropriate and promise me you'll never do it again. And and Kurt, like, tries to play all defensive. Like, what makes you so uncomfortable? Da, da, da. Would you care if Finn had Puck come over? And I'm like, you little bitch. Mm-hmm. You know that's different. Yeah. I'm like, and, and he even tries to say later, like, Oh wow! So it, it what makes it, what about it makes you uncomfortable? Yeah, yeah. Da, da, da. And and he, Bert replies like, when have I ever like given you, shown you anything to to make you believe that I would have a problem yeah, with you exactly. being gay? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Kurt, this sucks because you know like, and Kurt makes points in that like you know we didn't do anything. We were fully closed. I was being responsible. Yeah. You know, Finn and I didn't drink. I brought him here because. Yeah, like, he but, was too drunk. But don't, yeah. don't like, chastise your dad for overreacting when he finds a stranger in his son's bed mm-hmm. in the morning. Like, are you kidding? My mother would have had my head, yeah. regardless of the Which situation. Which is also, like, it's his house at the end of the day. Yeah. You know? And like, I'm like, and I'm like you, you know it's different. You, should, you know you should have given your dad <coughs> a heads up. Like... I don't know, either wake your dad up at the night and be like, hey. Yeah, call or, him. Or put, put Blaine on the fucking couch. Yeah. Like, do. Yeah, or do like it. call home before doing it. Yeah. Like, your dad's probably like also waiting up for you while you come home, you know? Um, also, what about Blaine's parents? Yeah, exactly. Where's Gina Gershon? Um, but, I mean, my thought is with this scene, as it is with most of Kurt and Bird scenes, I mean, I like the scene. I think it like, it, it speaks a lot I like how they balance, like, the both sides of it all still. Well, yeah, because um, when I start to turn on Bert is when he brings up Brokeback Mountain. He's yeah. like, I don't know how this stuff works. I've seen Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. I assume something happens in that tent. Yeah. I don't know. Their, their dynamic feels very organic. And, like, yes, Kurt is acting like a little bitch, but it's also, like, he would be acting like Realistic. a little bitch. Realistic. Oh, I, yeah, like, fully. I like just want to call him on his bullshit. Oh, no, of course. As we should. <laughs> but I like how they, like, 
they they play off these scenes together. Like, yeah. it's still very, like, it, it could, it's more nuanced than, like, the rest of the show. And it has maintained that throughout, uh-huh. which I appreciate. Then we get that they're about to perform at the assembly. Uh, Rachel uh, made a cocktail out of everything that was left over in her parents' <laughs> uh, liquor cabinet. Including she, cough syrup. <laughs> including cough syrup and, and crumbled Oreos. Uh, and she said that in Broadway, there's a tradition of them, like, taking a shot beforehand. So she makes them all drink this. And, and they uh, they're are... going to do a Kesha song because she's been a cultural icon for, for weeks. weeks. <laughs> uh, they're doing uh, TikTok. Uh, tick and also talk, as Principal Figgins yeah. would say. Sam is giving me arms backstage already. That's, that's all Sam gave us this two episodes. <laughs> it really uh, is. And then uh, they perform the number, which is, they perform a lot more of the song that I remember. Yeah, they do like the whole thing. Uh, and also, I don't know why it, I had in my memory that the throw up of it all came much, much earlier. Like it was almost like. Yeah, I kept expecting it sooner. Sooner. Uh, and no, I mean, they just perform a full choreo. Beast was feeling the track. At the middle of the number, Brittany says, like, I'm not feeling good. Uh, and then towards the end, she throws up purple. In, it's really gross looking. In Rachel's face. Yes. My one. Santana starts to vomit. Yeah, I have two problems with it. <laughs> yeah. One is. I feel like they should have been more visibly drunk. <laughs> yes. I mean, Brittany's like pulling off like insane she's doing the choreo. And like, I, I think, and also like to, to just, and if you're not, if you're the one not the feeling point, well. Yeah. And like, if you're going to hammer a point about like, they just got like all these liquors, like, they would be at, like they would not be following choreo and like, yeah. I feel a little bit more. And they're doing like number. tougher choreo than they mm-hmm. usually mm-hmm. do because they're like doing like, like they're doing this like, not at the level, but they're doing like the same choreo as yeah, Britney. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was my note. And also, after having seen Knives Out two times, already, <laughs> I can't that go. was not vomit consistency. No, that was weird. Mm-hmm. It was really gross. That I mean, was... maybe it was supposed to be because like they drank so much stuff mixed up together, and like, yeah, I mean, I get the color of it, but like the... the consistency just looked like. But maybe if they were just, it was just alcohol. No, but it looked like. It looks like Pepto-Bismol. I was about to say, you yeah. know, but you, you know, know, the props team could have added some like mushed bread. I, I agree, know. but as as Brittany said, everybody drank responsibly. Yeah. <laughs> um. Then um, we get Sue on the announcements the next day. Students, colleagues, indeed, all who understand the Queen's English. We all still quake in terror at what we witnessed yesterday at the assembly, by a glee club spiraling out of control. My nose is still filled with the acrid stench of teen vomit, and there is simply but one person to blame, the alcoholic teen vomit fetishist, Will Schuster, the director of that club. Two days ago, I received a drunk dial in the middle of the night from a horny Will Schuster. Open your ears, McKinley High, and behold the awful price of alcoholism. Hey there, sexy lady. (laughs) There's something I really, really want to say to you. I love how you eat your lunch with your little plastic gloves and they crinkle and make the cutest sound I've ever heard in my life. Why don't you pick up some wine coolers and come over here and it'll be just one night of us just getting crazy. Let's just get crazy. 
sort of really crazy and roll around in the hay. <laughs> As I was just in some hay earlier tonight, hey, and I rode a bull and I was thinking of you. I'm like, I'm not, would not appreciate this. He's like, what, what killed me? What took me out of it? And he's like, you want to come over, bring over some wine coolers? Uh, you're an wine adult. Cooler. No, for the teens, it makes absolute sense. It's perfect. It's spot on. Great. We yeah. love it. But for Will Schuster to be like, Emma, bring over wine coolers. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you're an adult man. Like, no, ma'am. Both the New Directions and Will Schuster are called into the principal's office. Good, as they should. As they should. They all think they're going to get suspended. Uh, but then we find out Figgins believes this is an act. Like they all uh, perform drunk and I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> he, he like, also thinks the Will thing is like an act in order to like... I gu- yeah, I guess, right? Because he's like, nobody's been sh- nobody showed up to school wasted, blah, blah, blah. He calls them all brilliant musical comedy performers. And I was like, wow, the Hollywood Foreign Press yeah. Association to Chris Colfer. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and at some point, I, I didn't get the full line, but like... Santana said something to Will about like crack a four loco you boozy count something something and yeah. it was it was gold. Uh, afterwards, um... wait no 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 Figgins doesn't think the Will part is an act because remember at the end he embraces him. Well, and but he's he like, says your your addiction to sex and love. He doesn't oh, well you're right, you're right. Because yeah, yeah. I think they would like like I don't think the show would have been so naive as to like ignore that. Yeah. teacher would do that like in alcohol yeah. but but he's he, yeah he said he's talked to his pastor about him yeah uh and then afterwards he takes the kids and makes them promise that they're not gonna drink until they win national I never want to see you guys pull anything like that again drinking while performing is unprofessional drinking while at school is just stupid and most importantly any of you guys drinking at all is illegal it's a fair amount of the pot calling the kettle black right now that is so racist I couldn't agree more which is why I'm going to stop drinking. Not even a beer at the end of the night to take the edge off. But if you don't drink, what will you have to live for? I have plenty in my life without beer. Like what exactly? The point is, I'm going to stop. And I hope you guys do too. Isn't that kind of unrealistic? Yeah. Honestly, I think it is. Which is why I'm only going to ask you to do it until after nationals. Consider yourselves like prize fighters, getting ready for a big heavyweight bout. Uh, but what Sam does get excited about is uh, Puck asks, like, you know, what happens if we slip up, though? What happens if we fall off the wagon? And Will's like, well, do you see the top right of the of the page? That's my phone number. And, you know, if you slip up, yeah, you, you let me know, and I'll drive, like, I'll you, drive you home you. at any mm-hmm. time of night. Which Sam is like, yeah! Like, yeah, he's like, stoked have to have Mr. Schuster's phone number, which yeah, is yeah. weird. But also, like, Will, I get what you're doing here, and I... I get it, but also like you're giving your number to a bunch of drunk teens for them to call you up at night, yeah. so that you can drive them home. Uh, while I get your intentions are good, I don't know <laughs> if how they're going to work is. out in yeah. your favor. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, and then finally, we get the ending of the Rachel Blaine storyline. Rachel had some iconic line. Oh yeah, I, I noted it. Okay, um, good because I missed it. Because they're like talking about like what the potential of this is, and mm-hmm. Rachel's like, forget like she basically told, tells her like, forget how you feel. Like I finally found someone who can like I can compete with vocally, and that's gonna give me some vaguely Eurasian uh, <gasps> descendant. That was <laughs> it. As Blaine arrives, Rachel goes to him and like kisses him right on. The- More importantly. 
Carol King's I Feel the Earth Move is playing under the whole true, scene. True, yeah. It's like, I will say, what I think I do enjoy about this episode is that while there's no actual, like, really ongoing plot to it, like, everything sort of resets, yeah. I will say that I like that they... That the the songwriting plot wasn't just like, hey, we're gonna bring this up in this episode, and then, like, three episodes later, we're gonna, like finally deal with it it was yeah. like no we're gonna like infuse it into like the next episode and make it yeah, part like the of like the motivation yeah. so i was like you know what okay fine i appreciate that yeah. um but so yes she she kisses him to i feel the earth move and then his response is oh i am 100 percent gay <laughs> which is exactly what which kurt is living for it she's she's, she's also living for it because she's like well I'm... i was well i was you know there's a bit of tension at first you think yeah. she's maybe gonna break or something and she's like that was amazing yeah. this and, is giving me all the songwriting yeah material yeah she basically says that, like gay yeah i fell in love with a gay man that's yeah. songwriting gold um, and I think that's where the episode ends. Yeah, right? that's it. We we end on Carol King, Goddess Blast. Wow. So is this a gold star or a sloshy episode? Oh, you I, go first. I'll go first. I think it's a gold star. I remember really, really, really enjoying this episode when I first mm-hmm. watched it. And I still enjoyed it a lot for the most part. Again, I, I don't I don't think mo- a lot of this holds up. And and I, a lot of it was just like how fondly I remember watching the first time around mm-hmm. but I think it's very like we talked about in the like theme non-theme episode that is more around the concept I enjoyed this because it took the people and recontextualized them and like put them in scenarios we really haven't seen them before and mm-hmm. like dynamics within each other and like scenarios that are like they, it was just fun I guess my, my no. bottom line is like yeah. it's fun we got like, a few good, like, the Bert Kurt scenes, like, continue to me being, like, really, really strong. I, like you said, like, most of the plot lines, like, are resolved by the end of the episode. But mm-hmm. I think they're, like, fun to follow. They feel, to like, congruent to the characters. I don't think there's a lot of, like, betraying of the characters, what, the, what they usually yeah. do. Uh, I liked the, the concept of, like, having Blaine explore what his sexuality is yeah. I don't like that it's completely like wrapped by the end and it's like oh, yeah. like nope 100% it's gay. a one off yeah that like, was... I like that they maybe could have continued that through and weaving uh-huh. it on and off uh, but overall like I had a blast I think that party drunken party sequence is like legit one of the best moments of the show it's a lot of fun and it's it, it just felt like a breath of fresh air and that like it's something legitimately new that the show has done but like putting them Definitely. in these things so it's a gold star for me. I've gone back and forth and back and forth it because I started off like towards the beginning of the episode being like, this will probably be a gold star. Somewhere around the wheel of it all, I got like more into a slushy mode. By the end of it, I think I decided to slushy it. Then like by the time we were finished talking about it, I was like, I think I'll just gold star it. Then you gold starred it and I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, I should probably slashy it. But then by the time you finished talking about it, I was like, I'll just gold star mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Like, cause, Thank because... Thank you for taking me through your journey. <laughs> because, I don't know, at the end of the day, I would appreciate a more actual plot-heavy episode. But like you said, it's just fun. It's silly. Nothing has consequences. And, like, at this point, I'll take what I can get. Exactly, yeah. Um, I don't necessarily, like, love, love, love any of the performances. Um, like, they're all good. But yeah. I'm not, like, yeah. gagged. 
Yeah, I think this is like, this feels like on the higher end of like what we're going to get from this point from this version exactly. of Glee. Oh, yeah. Because ne- the next episode is, you would think similar, but actually a very different version exactly. of Glee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, like the last two episodes we just saw were very different versions of It's really funny. I'm intrigued. I didn't catch who wrote the next episode, but I'm very intrigued because I know literally we've said on the pod that like we've had... You know, Garrett, who works on the show, tell us that, like, the three Glee theories isn't real. Yeah. But goddamn, if it like still it. doesn't yeah. feel like a different show every yeah, fucking episode. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, so that's where I stand. I'll give it a, I'll give it a goddamn gold Great. star. Uh, um, so let's rank these numbers. Do it. Um, do it. It's only four, because uh, sadly my headband was not released as a oh, single. wow. So. Robbed, because I would, <laughs> rob, uh, y- y'all, I would give it number one. <laughs> I, you know me. I'm a troll. I would literally um, give it number one, love. Like, it would, that would be it. Um, so we have Don't You Want Me, originally performed by the Human League, performed here by Rachel and Blaine. You think you've changed your mind? You better change it back or we will both be sorry. winner Jamie Foxx featuring wow. T-Pain. Is it just called Blame It or is it Blame It parentheses on the alcohol? I it's, didn't know it was just called Blame it's It. It's just Blame It also known as Blame It on the alcohol. Oh okay. So sure. it has both. Um, performed here by The New Directions. One Bourbon, One Scotch, One Beer, originally performed by George Thorogood, performed here by uh, Coach Beast and Will. One Bourbon, One Scotch, One Beer. Well, I ain't seen my baby since I don't know when. I've been drinking bourbon whiskey, scotch and gin. Gonna get high, man, I'm gonna get a loose. Need me a triple shot of that juice. And TikTok, originally performed by Kesha, or rapper Key Dollar Shine Ha, <laughs> uh, performed here by Britney with the New Directions. I think it was fun. I love the line dancing, that line dancing choreo that we get, uh-huh. but it's like completely forgettable. I don't like the song. It's the least necessary number. Uh, then I'll put Blame It uh, because I, it, it was very disconcerting when it first started. I don't know what the deal was. Uh, it's a fun song, but I, I it's like, okay. And, and I don't know. It was very meh. Uh, then TikTok, 
love the song, great choreo, but again, but it didn't feel very like again very realistic to the situations of what they would be mm-hmm. like. Um, and don't you want me? I actually really do love this number. This is my number one. I love. It's good. I it's love good. vocals. I love the scenario of it. It's just fun. I they love the rendition. Well. They perform it well. It's the first Rachel Blaine duet, and the voices like really mesh well together. So that's my. Um, I'll keep it cute and keep it short and keep it simple because, uh, first of all, it's the same order probably and I don't care enough about any of these numbers to, like, talk about them too much. Um, we put the country-ass one at the bottom because it's country-ass and it's Will. Um, blame it on alcohol as already, like, rapping, so that's obviously, uh, second to last. Um, I will say I did, like, the, like, big fancy, like, club furniture they pulled out. We'll take that. TikTok... TikTok would actually probably num- be number one because I love the choreo. Like, it's a great, like, yeah. dance performance from Heather Morris. But I don't love the, like, auto-tune vocoder yeah, yeah. of it all. Which I'm like, how are you doing this in a yeah. high school glee club? <laughs> like, that was what really took me out of it. Um, even so- while I'm right there with you on the drunk stuff, maybe even more than the drunk stuff, I was like... And I get, like, I get it for Heather Morris, but, like, yeah. they did it to Amber Riley, too. And I was like, can we just not? Yeah. Can we just not? And then, yeah, don't you want me, like, like we said, they really, like, it was a very in-character, in-the-moment performance. Yeah. And we, I love the, the choices they made with that. And it's a good song, and it was fun. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't think it becomes our number one. No. So, uh, fun. Okay, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll get back and get a little sexy here. Ooh. As the premiere of Universal's newest movie musical, Cats, approaches, we at Gleewine want to look on to their next movie musical project. And as Disney drops Little Mermaid announcements practically twice a week, we wonder why months have gone by with still no casting news for Universal's Wicked. Six months. And still no Wicked casting. How come, Universal Pictures? When the most obvious choice for the iconic role of Elphaba is sitting right there, tanning in between takes in Hawaii for her holiday TV movie. It's time for Leah Michelle to defy gravity. She still may not be the popular choice, but she still wants it just as badly. Literally tens of fans want Universal to know that she is that girl. So, if you want to join us, you can donate to our campaign at www.leahmichelleforalphaba.org slash donate. We at Gleewind are so looking forward to this feature adaptation of the hit Broadway musical. As long as it's Leah. This message is sponsored by Leah Michelle Feels Wicked. So let's defy the odds. This time for good. I would like to see you uh, in the Wicked movie. I would like Alphabet. to see me in the Wicked movie, too. Okay, well then, let's make it happen. Let's, let's, who, do, who do I have to uh, fight for that? Um, and we're back. Welcome back to Gleewind, the podcast where recapping something sexy makes you sexy, baby. You know who else is back? <gasps> Holly Holiday! So yeah, season two, episode 15. Sexy. Sexy. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. 
So this is the sex episode. Uh, y'all. Uh, this is the sex education. Wow. Um, we open with the celibacy club. I think this is the first time we learn that Emma is the head of the celibacy club. And yet that's something that makes a lot of sense that we hadn't learned until this moment. It makes a lot of sense. But A, they've had meetings definitely without her present that we've seen. And B, part of my whole problem with this episode is even if you have a separate sex education teacher uh your guidance counselor should probably be be educated on oh, sex 100%. education yeah. which she is yeah. most certainly not yeah i mean my <sighs> but i say i say this coming from like um, like in high school they basically told us that like stds will kill you yeah, no, which no, i no. mean some can and do I mean, some and can and do yeah. all of that but like it was like did not have proper sex education in, in no 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 i agree and like, his whole stance on sex education, actually, it also, like, I think it also has, like, a quite a nuanced argument about it that it, the show Oh, definitely. Makes. But, I mean, my problem with it is just, again, like, like they did with the Rocky Horror Glee show, how they drag Emma's character in the mud. Um, Ooh. Uh, well, not drag it, but, like, like, in, you... like in the Rocky Horror, they, like, completely upended her character and yeah. this is just like it took it to a cartoonish level so you're you're saying a woman who would describe herself as terrified of the hose monster might be a cartoon uh yeah and she might look like one like a deer <laughs> like a deer in the headlights quite actually nice in the last episode uh sue called her a lemur she was like that very lemur <laughs> that you were making sexual advances on <laughs> i was like that's tea actually yeah so this... And uh, the Celestine Club is just Rachel and Quinn. And Quinn. And which apparently Rachel just is trying to figure out details of Quinn and Finn's relationship. I can see Quinn fading away. Like, no, I, can I had the her. same thought. Like, I feel it. She looks great. But she's, yeah, she's just, she's becoming a very, like, empty character. Yeah, exactly. Like, they keep going back to her, like, her lines keep going back to, like, that time she was pregnant. Like, they're not putting her in new scenarios. She's no. not with Sam anymore, so it's like I she actually, doesn't have the, anything. The weird thing is, I was just thinking during the last couple episodes, I was like, what if I'm like a, I don't know what you call Finn and Quinn. Finn, Quinn, I don't know what you call them. Um, but I'm like, I think I'm, that might be like a ship for me. Yeah. Uh, but then by the end of this episode, like, there's a moment where it seems all kind of like shallow and empty. Um, and that's when I was like, oh. Yeah. But again, I don't know, like, a couple episodes ago, it felt, like, real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I think they're shuffling her into the same situation. They're just not, like, pushing her forward. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. And, I mean, cut to All when right. they push her forward and, like, she's planting witchcraft book at Shelby's house. So when, <laughs> so child services. You know what? Come. Get us there. I'm ready for Dark Quinn. Dark Quinn Like Ryan Seacrest's lower back time. tattoo Quinn? Yes, exactly. <laughs> give me that. I'm ready. Give me wheelchair Quinn. Don't give me wheelchair Quinn. Um, but, uh, Emma's also using this meeting to, like, she was trying to chastity charms. get chastity charms to catch on because of something about the key to your heart. If you don't give it to him, something, something yeah, like you, you give out the locket, but you keep the key. Yes. And I have to say, I am very inspired that both of you are showing how celibacy is a viable option for teens who simply aren't ready for intimacy. And for those who are older and are terrified of the hose monster. I have a little bit of club swag here that I think is really going to catch on. Ready? Chastity charms. We hand out the little hearts, but not the key. That way, nobody can open the lock forever. And ladies, 
That's what keeps us safe. The entire episode is like, how can I project to everyone else that I'm a virgin without actually saying so? But like, it's very yeah written like the chamber of secrets has yeah. not been opened know, exactly. like <laughs> on the wall in blood. And then as um, Will and M are discussing this, in well, the- because the chastity uh, chimes did catch on, but only because they've been used as uh, clip-on nipple, clip-on rings. nipple rings. Enter Holly Holiday. Uh, looking great. Looking, looking hot. Looking like a like a lesbian teacher of her time. Um, <laughs> Ooh, don't get me started on that. We'll get to that. Uh, just like you know, very like her skirt, her button up. She looks fucking amazing. She looks great. Um, she's uh, is she covering for sex ed? She's covering for sex How ed. How convenient. Mm-hmm. How convenient. Uh, then I think cause she she overheard the conversation they were having because Emma's very adamant about like. No, we need to protect all these kids from the... From, and, like, abstinence. Abstinence, abstinence and everything. Into and, adulthood, into marriage. And Holly's like, I don't believe in this. I think uh, it's not realistic to keep them from here. Mm-hmm. Again, like, with the alcohol, like, we need just to provide them the information, the tools, and, like, guide them through it mm-hmm. instead of expecting them to not uh, catch on. <clears throat> so I'm curious why you don't uh, think that celibacy is a valid choice for teenagers? Oh, I do. I think it's a valid choice. I just don't think it's that realistic. You know, it's like saying vegetarianism is an option for lions. <laughs> I just read in the newspaper that 90 high school girls in a Memphis school district got pregnant within three months. I mean, it is Tennessee, but still, we've got to shake things up. You know, information is power. Oh, and by the way, Will, some of your Glee kids are the most clueless. Demonstration. This is a condom which can help prevent the spread of HIV, which can lead to AIDS, and it also prevents pregnancy. Wait, cucumbers can give you AIDS? Seriously, because I just had them on my salad. We've got to educate these kids. I strongly disagree. I don't think that we should barrage these kids with graphic information. They're kids. I don't want to steal their innocence. Are you, like, some kind of crazy pope lady? Think about the images that these kids are exposed to. I mean, think about what they have access to. That doesn't make it okay. And it shouldn't change the message that they get from us, which is this is serious stuff and is not for kids and is not for adults. She points out that the Glee Club kids the are, Glee of course, especially, especially clueless about Which I it. do love the self-awareness of this episode, like, to call that out. Because exactly. we've talked a lot about how they are. Unfortunately, they don't explore everybody as thoroughly as yeah. they necessarily maybe should. Uh, then we see that Brittany uh, thinks she's pregnant and in a like rumor uh... well because she and Santana are talking about giving sweet lady kisses to each other mm-hmm. um, which has been like sprinkled throughout um, and that's when uh, she says like I don't think I could do it because I have a bun in the oven which my first thought was like she must be like like, like I was like, like she, a literal bond. She had, she had yeah, yeah. <laughs> or she ate bread. Because that's like a very deliberate turn of pun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, not pun idiom. Um, but uh, yeah, that's when we get similar to the phone to the phone cut. We have like a a hallway rumor mill where like Santana's <laughs> yeah. like, of course I'm not going to tell anybody you're pregnant with Artie's baby. Yeah. Cut to like her instantly telling Tina who tells Yeah, and Mercedes at the end, Artie ends up. Artie's like, um, what the fuck? No, I, yeah. I think I have a bun in the oven. Please don't tell anyone. 
Okay, especially Artie. Yeah, sure. Your secret's safe with... Oh my God, Brittany's pregnant. Oh my God, Brittany's pregnant. It's only a matter of time. For what? Brittany to get pregnant. Oh, congratulations! For what? Oh, you didn't hear your girlfriend's prego. You're gonna be a baby daddy. I mean, Mr. Shu walks in and, you know, it's revealed in the choir room that Brittany thinks she's pregnant because she saw a stork building an outside, her window. outside her window cut to like mercedes trying not to laugh rachel, rachel. horrified it was a great shot but uh, here we are again <laughs> here we go again um which with the infantilization of this will tie into name. some stuff later i was like not not the stork cut to a jazzercise class. Which we love. Which we love. Led by Holly Holiday. Yeah. Will's taking it, and they're talking about, like, teaching plans during the class, I guess? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Holly Holiday said that the best method is kind of, like, the way to hide vegetables and, like, more tasty food is... Uh, that's how you kind of put, like, lessons in and in, in teach them to be to, to students is, you know, like, wrap them around something Which they I'm actually like, like. If these teens are doing any vegetable hiding. Girl. <laughs> no. oh, the cucumber of it all. <laughs> yeah. um, they decide to teach the kids, you know, through song mm-hmm. and stuff, and they're going to hide some stuff in, and she's going to come in and help, you know, teach sex without making it yeah. sexy. Uh, well, wait, that that's not what at all happens, but she's like, because she even says something about, like, without making it titillating, yeah. but then she proceeds to make it all very yeah. titillating. She also said um, that he has a great man bot. Yeah, I was about to say, because, uh, she's like, how's, how's your sex life? Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm president of the celibacy club. And, and she, she says, says, like, what a waste of waste fine of, man, a fine man but, which, fair. And um, that cut to writing sexy, sexy on, on the, the board. Black, on the board. We also should keep track of everything that's written. Oh, no. oh my god, that would be We should have kept track of a lot of things that we <laughs> have not. And, um, and instantly Santana's like, well, if that's a requirement for sexuals, we're out. Because Barry in those tights is not sexy. Then he invites Holly Holiday back in. Uh, and says that uh, she's going to help him like kind of teach a lesson on, uh-huh. on, on, on the things they need to know about adult relationships. Wow. Uh, she uh, doesn't give a fuck about that. She starts performing uh, Joan Jett's Do You Wanna Touch Me? Do you wanna touch me? Then? Which is a great performance. It's a she, really good performance, brings, but like, she instantly calls up... Yeah, she calls up the two queer girls to, like, dance with her. And they're like, she's unzipping her leather jacket. And I'm like, girl, you know what you're doing to literally every, like, teenager in this room? Like, gay, yeah. straight, I mean, bi, male, or but... female? Like... Oh yeah, she's she's turning the straight people straighter and the gay people gayer. Like it's, I'm like, how is this helping anything? Yeah. Well, it does kind of. So after the whole number where she eventually gets them all involved, and I'm like, did they all fuck after this? Whatever. Um, they kind of redeem the moment because she's like, something about like, you know, having sex is so intimate. Da 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 da. And then just think about the fact that, like, when you have sex with somebody, you have, you have sex with everybody who said sex with them. And everyone has a random. Basically being, like, the, the like, used condoms of it all. Because um, otherwise, I think, like, when we've had it demonstrated, like, it was wrap a, like, there was a wrapped candy and an unwrapped candy. And you passed it around the room. And it's like, well, who wants to eat the wrapped yeah, candy? Yeah. And it was like, sure. Was, who wants to eat the unwrapped candy? I'm like, me? Yeah. No. <laughs> um, 
Can someone spit yeah. on it? Um, please oh, cut that. <laughs> um, but during during the performance, at one point, like Rachel got overexcited. At is this the one where Rachel got like overexcited at at Quinn, and Quinn was like hands off, like to. I think so. Um, yeah, because at the end, uh, yes, that, I think it, it, Holly, Holly calls Rachel possibly frigid. <laughs> Actually, but I was just like, this is wildly inappropriate the oh no, whole it time. Oh no, it totally is. Then we see Sue running into Blaine and Kurt at the coffee shop. And and why is she there? Um, Because she likes her enemas pop- piping hot. Indeed. <laughs> she likes her enemas also, this is piping also, hot. I think the only Sue we get this episode. We, this, these aren't very Sue heavy episodes and at you all. you know what? Bless. I know. I'll take it. I know. Um, But this is when, as she, you pointed out, is this the birth? Of her standing, her shipping that leads to the eventual two-part episode, The Heart Locker. Yeah, yeah. Because this is the first time she sees Blaine in the flesh. And, wow. And a, and, a, and a Stan was born. Wow, wow. <laughs> and with porcelain. Wow, 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 wow. Actually, boys, I heard that this was a Dalton Academy hangout, and I come in a spirit of fellowship. As you no doubt have heard, I've taken over for the coach of Oral Intensity. We heard you pushed him down the stairs. No, you can't prove that. This is just sort of how she talks. So, I happen to have some top-secret intel. Will Schuster has finally realized that his team's Achilles heel is their utter lack of sex appeal. The new directions are getting sexy. And the key to regionals is out-sexing them. And I suspect that the judges are scoring extra for it this year. So, porcelain. Quid pro quo. What do you have for me? I'm sorry, Coach, but you and I are not in cahoots. I want you to nail that down before I gave you my top secret intel. Porcelain, you just made a powerful enema. As she's doing this, she's like making her coffee. She rips open the sugar packets, throws the sugar packets with the sugar yeah. packets in the coffee, and then just like flips open multiple, syrup. Yeah. multiple bottles of syrup and just like pours them in, pours them in, pours them in. And Kurt, eventually at the end, is like, that's cool and all, but like, I don't want to be in cahoots with you. We're not into this. Yeah. Like, and she's like, well, yeah, I wish you would have told me that before I told you my secret. And that's when she says, You just made a powerful anima. <laughs> You've just made a powerful anima, which is a really good choke. It's, it's, it's a good pun. It's a really it, good pun. They they, yeah. they 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 planted it and they grew it and yeah. uh, but <laughs> it, it, it's funny. I'm, it looks like a really powerful anima. Yeah. I'll say that. Uh, and then Blaine says, "Like fuck, like we need to sexy it up mm-hmm. if, if if we're gonna want to beat them." Uh, which I'm like, warbler sexying up, like. My mind is going a thousand different directions. And it's not the directions. Um, and it's goes. not any of it. Um, then Emma kind of goes to Will and says, like, why are you, like, what did you, why did you agree to let Holly do this? Yeah, like, she's pissed. She's, she's like, pissed. how could you let her do that? Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. And he's like, hey, if you and the celibacy club want to come in and teach them your lesson as well. Yeah, like, like it's a kind of argument. Welcome like, you're to. welcome Which, to. I mean, is actually how I think sex education should work. It's like, hey, there is abstinence. There is condoms there it like this and this and, you yeah. know what i mean like, yeah just lay it all out yeah, exactly like, what um, and and she's like great i'm looking forward to the opportunity to nail holly to the wall <laughs> to which they're like well <laughs> then lauren and 
Pac want to make a sex tape. They do. She's inspired by Kim K. She was like, Rachel Berry wants to be a famous singer. I just want to be famous. famous. Uh, so they decide they, they are going to do that. This is a very minor plot line. So like it's a very few scenes. Yeah. Uh, then we are in a barn, I think. I don't know what it is. You got way too excited. I got really entirely excited because I misread. Because I looked away for a second, so I did not know they were with a group of Okay, but he literally girls. opens by saying, ladies, blah, blah, I've blah, been blah, around blah. gay men for a long time, so that doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> so I, saw, so and he... I didn't see the girls, but then I just saw like a pan of like what I now understand were skirts, where like... <laughs> I thought they were, like, shorts and, like, short shorts. No, like, ma'am. Meanwhile, I literally, like, said aloud as soon as they, like, panned at the girls. I was like, well, I'm bored. Yeah, because they brought... Cause the I gr- don't need the, heterosexuality. Like, they brought girls from, like, this all-girls school to, like, judge them and, like... To just watch it. them? To just watch them. Uh, and then they perform uh, Animal by Neon Trees. Uh, and it's not very sexy. It's not sexy. It's, I mean, one, we have Kurt, like... Purposefully, intentionally not, intentionally not, being, not sexy, being sexy, like by the show. Not, not I was gonna say, not Kurt the character, but Chris the actor. Yeah. But then, like, I'm like, like my note is like, how how do you make the warbler sexy? Like, like mm-hmm. there's a thousand ways you can do that. And well, how yes many, and no. How many straight ways can you do it, that's, Jorge? That's it. My mind. <laughs> but then that was the the uh, wall I faced. It's like they either because here's the thing. I mean, there's, there's was like two, a magic Mikey. Well, that was about to say. There's two options. There's two op- There's literally only two options. Either be gay and like be dancing upon each other and be doing shit, or different costumes. Yeah. Because you change costumes and you can do whatever you want. Oh yeah, no. But my in idea those was uni- like... in those uniforms, you can't do anything sexy that's not like with each other. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> uh, which was for an episode about sexiness, like. One, this had no place in it. Well, but... it serves the plot. I Okay, this is where... Well, it does serve Kurt's plot a little. I'm gonna... This is where I start to get, like, to go off on a bit of a moment. Because, like, we have Blaine giving Kurt side-eye and blah, 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 blah. And, like, Blaine's able to serve this sort of, like, masculine, sexy, come-hither energy. And Kurt, there's very intentional, like, not-sexy-face stuff going on. But a lot of the stuff that we're supposed to not believe is sexy is just Kurt being a more feminine man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And this very much falls into like, well, like, Blaine can pass. To the point where we literally have girls giving him yeah, his number remember. afterwards. And he's like, sorry, girls, wrong team. Whereas, like, Kurt can't be sexy because he's this overly feminine man. And guess the fag who can, like, relate and was like, oh, poor Kurt, um, throughout a bunch of this episode while also being like, Kurt, you can, like, give a better sexy face than that. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it uh, can be done. No, I agree. I, I, forget how, I forgot how this ties into, like, his whole plotline. And um, then there's a giant, like, bubble foam. cannon. Foam. like foam. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, like I, one I of those foam parties and, like. I, I guess. I, I think this number could have been so much well-crafted. Uh, also, I noted, like... It also could have been a sexier song. Yeah. I mean, I think you can make that song sexy, like, if you try, but they weren't trying, and... Yeah. Also, mine, like, I also noted, like, are they just giving solos to Kurt now? Like, and, and... Well, they duet. Yeah, but, like, it made well, very t- explicit that Kurt is very new, and that, like, he has to work his way up. But also, this wasn't, like, an official performance or anything. I and guess. it's actually funny. Remember how big a deal it was the last episode for them to perform somewhere yeah. not, yeah. like... Yeah, like... 
and and here they are in a barn. But um, I actually had the thought because I didn't realize it was a duet at first. I thought it was just gonna be a solo, and I was like, how pissed would you be if you were Chris Colfert and like you were given only the small amount of solos in season one, and then suddenly like we're gonna bring in Harry Potter musical, <laughs> and he's gonna have like more solos than you could even dream of. So when they started a duet, I was like, okay. Well, I mean, still not. <laughs> It's still a duet, but... Yeah. But at least it's not, like, Blaine in season two already outranking Kurt's no, number no, of gotcha. solos. Yeah. Um, Which, actually, he might. I think by the end, he probably might. Oh, by the end, definitely. Uh-huh. And then we have Brittany and Santana now, right? After this? Uh, then we have Brittany and Santana. Yes. Which they agree they're not cheating with each other because their plumbing is different than their boyfriend. But uh, Brittany points out that, like, I have feelings with Artie and we talk about stuff um, and you and I, we don't ever do that. And Santana's like, well, why would we do that? Mm -hmm. Like, this is so great, like, without feelings. And also, like, I don't need a label on anything unless it's something I shoplift. And Brittany's like, bringing me some very valid points. So this is where I get a little, like, because at this point, I'm like, well, Santana, you're kind of taking advantage of Brittany because she's, like, very stupid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And then... Britney very, like, honestly, in one of the most vulnerable Britney moments we've ever maybe seen, she's like, this is really confusing for yeah, me. Yeah, uh, And, of course, Santana dismisses it with breakfast is confusing for you, which is a funny joke. But, like, also in the context of it, I don't know if it's that funny. Yeah, no, it's... Um, I mean, it, it, Santana, I mean, and it kind of makes sense afterwards, but Santana does come off as, like, quite dismissive. Of- I mean, here's the thing. I think... Santana's arc in this episode and Naya's per- delivery of it is like quite fantastic. It's great. Um, no, it's I think it's very on the nose. So while I'm going to like no, call I'm Santana saying... out for mm-hmm. some stuff in this episode, I say it like lovingly and appreciative of most of the story. Most of the stuff I have a problem with is not with Santana no, or course. with Naya's performance because mm-hmm. no, I actually I think like she's really good this episode in a way that I wasn't prepared. No, for and her I to get me. the dismissiveness. I I I I get the especially when she because of what she says after that like I get the fact that she doesn't want to face and like yeah exactly talk about her feelings you know then we're back to Puck and Zeiss's uh, working on their sex tape. They're yes. watching. They're literally watching Kim Kardashian's sex tape yes. in the library, yes. and Holly Holiday is like, "Oh, what are you guys doing?" Mm-hmm. And they're, they're like, "Well, we wanna do like." No, they literally say like, "Zach and Mary want to make a porno." Like, like that's it. They yeah. want. They want to make a sex tape, mm-hmm. and, and Lauren literally says, "So I can get a recording contract." Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that is um, when uh, first uh, Holly says something along the lines of like. So she mentioned something about her sex tape with J.D. Salinger. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. No, that's later. Which is that's great. Yeah. Um, but, um, cut to Holly Holiday informing, uh, Puck and Lauren, uh, that they are under the age of 18. And if they make this or are found in the possession of this, it is considered child, child pornography. pornography. Um... So that happened, and... So there's that. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, we shouldn't do that. Um, So then we're back to Brittany and Santana, who have decided that they wanted to talk to somebody about this. So they've approached Holly Holiday, 
And they're all like sitting on the ground, cross-legged, very mm-hmm. fan. Very goopy. Uh, very, very goopy. Oh my God. Welcome to my sacred, sexy sharing circle. I want to thank you guys for confiding in me because I know this is tough. And I want to ask both of you if either one of you thinks that you might be a lesbian. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I'm attracted to girls and I'm attracted to guys. I made out with a mannequin. I even had a sex dream about a shrub that was just in the shape of a person's. Hmm. Well, we've all been there. I went to an all-girls college where the only industry in the town was the manufacturing of softball equipment. I still feel a little tingle when I hear Ani DeFranco. Ooh. Anyway, it's not about who you are attracted to, ultimately. It's about who you fall in love with. Well, I don't know how I feel because Santana refuses to talk about it. And uh, then, of course, we have the most sage advice on the show every Sing time. Sing about it. Sing about mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, well, you know, we might need your help, though. And she says, I thought you'd never ask. Wow, we love a catchphrase. Oh, I, I, it, it was a cute addition that they included that. I know, I loved it, actually. Uh, then I actually we, think that's a, a good scene for the most part. It's a really good scene. Yeah, I think... I think it's a very interesting... I mean, the whole episode's a very interesting use of Gwyneth Paltrow. Because it's very much not... Like, they don't make the episode about her at all. She's just there to facilitate other storylines. Yeah, it's nice to have... Which is very interesting. It's like, nice to have to someone have, from her stature I was going to say, that. it's nice to have... Instead of the episode be in service of her, her be in service mm-hmm. of the episode. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really nice. Um... Because I somehow think, yeah, she's actually the perfect person for them to have drawn in to be like, Mm -hmm. hey, let's deal with these things. Uh, Then we have Blaine trying to teach Kurt how to be sexy. And Kurt's like, that's why I love musical theater. It's just the the tip of the touch of your fingertips that's as sexy as it gets. And I'm like, excuse you, Oklahoma fags. Yeah, Spring Spring Awakening starring Leah Michelle. Wow. Um, but, I mean, this is... But I get what he means. Um, yes, but th- this is also very, like, it, it comes off as Kurt is, like, not only uninformed about all these issues, but, like, wants to remain uninformed about... I... Right? I get it. Because mm-hmm. there was, like, I don't know, there's a I certain... I mean, I get the sentiment cer- of, like, There's a certain very... There's a fer- very specific early stage of homosexuality where... The sex, the actual sexual part of it, seems like very terrifying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so I, I actually get that and really appreciate that mm-hmm. little like dose of that here, where it's like, and also it's not easy, and straight parents aren't prepared to to talk about it, and schools don't cover it, and and all of these things like, oh, totally. like Blaine says later on, like if you want to find out about it, you have to seek it out mm-hmm. and. Kurt is not somebody yeah, who, who is prepared seek to seek out. it out yeah. right now. Um, and so I fully get that. It makes sense to me. But yeah, so Blaine Blaine is trying to give him these sexy tips and Kurt just keeps giving these awful faces to the mirror. Yeah. <sighs> um, after this, we have Mr. Shu rehearsing for a number for the show. Uh, he wants to turn Princess Kiss into a tango. Which... We love. Which we love. Uh, uh, and so he asks uh, Holly Holiday to help him for the sexy lesson. Yes. The sexy lesson. Uh, they they perform it a full Moulin Rouge tango Roxanne. 
It's a lot of fun. It's I fun. love the production it's, of this it's number. Really well it's mostly love... fantasy and that it's all like candlelit. And, and we have a bunch other, of other couples other surrounding couples. them, tangoing. Mm-hmm. Um, the song actually really works as a tango, yeah. which I I'm not I too love. familiar with the original version, but uh, this is a good rendition. And oh my god, this is like an iconic song. It's really yeah. fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I, I liked this even though like Will Schuster was involved, so. Yeah, but, uh, but I think I was mainly into it for like the dancing of, with the stars of it all. It was very <laughs> dancing with the stars. It was extremely dancing with the stars. And we end with, with, you know. They're passionately embracing. And Will says, I'm, I'm so into you. And she says, don't be. And basically saying like, you know, I'm a you know, 36 hour limit girl. Like, you know, I can't, you know, I'm good at the sexy. I don't do the romantic. A girl like me would just like ruin you. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And and she, like, yeah. She literally even says like, he says, I think I could handle you. And she's like, you married your high school sweetheart and went out with a virgin. Yeah. <laughs> I would destroy you. And I was like, that sounds exactly that sounds correct. Right. That sounds very correct. Uh, yeah, my note was like, you can't handle her. Um, <laughs> then we You get... can't handle the goop. <laughs> if we did uh, non-Rachel titles, that would be a good title. Thank you. Uh, then we get the scene with Burton Blaine. Okay, can I tell you what I don't like about this scene? Yeah, please. Uh, Blaine comes in and like says hey to, to Bert. Bert's like first words out of his mouth. Are you gay? Are you straight? What's your fucking deal? I'm like, why you gotta know his sexuality immediately? He's a teen. He's a teen. I mean, given he woke up in your son's bed yeah, yeah. and like your son told him about the whole Rachel stuff, I'm sure, and blah, 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 blah. But he's a teen. Why are you confronting him about his sexuality? It just seemed aggressive. I didn't like it. It was quite aggressive. You're um, an adult. It was literally the first words out of his mouth. But beyond that, I think this is a good scene. I think <laughs> no, I yeah, I do like. It. I mean, I think this is a, a mirror of like the Kurt Bird scenes and like mm-hmm. this. I mean, the whole point of the scene is Blaine um, going to Bird and saying like, "I, I just think you should talk to Kurt about all these things. Like, he's not gonna seek them out if you don't talk to them yeah. about it. Like, we don't get them at school. You know, he talked to you about this uh, kind of stuff. Oh, I had to go find it for myself." The internet is great and all the information is out there, but I went searching for it. Kurt won't. And one day he'll be at a party and maybe have a few drinks and then I'll meet some guy and start fooling around and and, and he's not gonna know about using protection or STDs. I don't have the relationship with my dad that you have with Kurt. I think it would be really cool if you took advantage of that. I'm sorry if I'm overstepping. You are. Bert also just say like, you know, something about like, well, this is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is also fair because like, this is the person, I think they've only met the one time he hung over, yeah. woke up in, in his the, son's in bed. The, uh, uh, that's probably a story they'll yeah, uh, tell on Thanksgiving. Uh, oh, that's cute. You think they're still <laughs> together. I mean, they got married for like 10 years. 10's a number? That's not for Well, they were thanks, 10 Thanksgiving. They, well, they okay, fine, together. fine. Okay. Uh, my favorite part of this is at the very end of the scene, because they're in the mechanic shop, like, 
not too far in the background. There's just like some man at like the desk. And I'm like, he totally heard this entire conversation about like his boss and yeah. his like boss's gay best friend talking about how like give he needs that. to give his child sex education. Um, what do we get next, Michael? <laughs> we get. Please, please dissect this next scene for me. We get the biggest lesbian scam of the century. Okay. What I'm saying coming up is mainly a joke because I don't want to take away from the actual like emotional impact and importance of the scene because it actually is really good. It's a really good number. It's a pivotal scene in the series. However, all I could think this time around was like these two queer girls found this hot, older, blonde substitute who's very, like, sexually open, liberated, like, cool, with it, whatever. And we're like, oh, we need, like, a song to sing, uh, you know, about our feelings. And, uh, you know, I, if we kind of need you to sing it with us. And, like, I just yeah. don't know. I'm just, I'm just yeah. figuring out my sexuality. Cut to Santana, Santana in full, like... Lilith Fair drag. Yeah, the sil- most lesbian like uh the most lesbian she's commute. ever dressed yeah. on the entire show. I'm like, this is the scam of the century. Parasite found dead. Yeah, Hustlers well, well, canceled. When it's ultra te- like very tenderly sings Fleetwood Max landslide. <laughs> <laughs> the three of them together, the like um okay. Do you <laughs> We will get to actually the emotional heart of this late, like in a bit because um, it is because really it is. good, and we don't do want to take away think... from that. Do you think? I'm just saying. I know a lot of queer girls who would have definitely loved to have tricked a Gwyneth Paltrow oh, type no. into singing Stevie Nicks with them. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> do you think when they graduated high school and like were settled into the <gasps> relationship, they like hit up Holly? Like they hit up Holly Holiday. Oh my God, Holly. Oh my god, it's been forever. Remember, mm-hmm. like, landslide? Do you think they invited oh her god. to their wedding? And, like, wow. They definitely had threesomes. Like, <laughs> Britannia has had a threesome with Holly Holiday, like, I, 100%. I, uh, I'll, believe, I'll choose to believe it. I'll like, in the, in the far future, like. Yes, yes. When enough time when has enough passed. Time has passed. But they're probably, like, talking, like, they're still torn down by that. Oh, like, yeah. They, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, But the deep emotional scene Okay, now to the actual seriousness yeah. because Naya Rivera is acting in this number. I will say she is delivering. She's like, she's giving me the tears. She's giving me the faces. She's giving the emotions. Gwyneth is mainly completely oblivious. She's like, I'm gonna sing my <laughs> landslide and move on. I mean, that's Gwyneth for you. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> she doesn't even know yeah. she's she's in Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, then, yeah, no, the, the performance is great. This is a lovely song. I have heard from many well, not many, like a couple of people, that this cover is, like, comparable to the, the oh, original. Oh, I, I know a lot of people, like, this ranks very, very high in a lot of people's mm-hmm. uh, Glee number rankings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably a lot with Queer Girls, uh, in my experience, it, it has been. Um, and I'm like, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, the three of them are hella hot. I would love to, like, I get it. Yeah. Stevie Nicks. Yeah. No, it, it has a lot of elements coming together. Yeah. And it is a, like, the vocals and it's also, are great. And it's also, I mean, it's also the first time that this relationship has been taken seriously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that hasn't just been a throwaway joke that we're doing an arc, that we're doing a plot with yeah. it, that we're doing, like, character development with it. And I guess I didn't realize 
because I said to Jorge at one point in the episode, I was like, oh, fuck, are they about to do Landslide? And he was like, no, I don't think so. I think that was later. And I was like, I thought so too, but I'm pretty sure it's Landslide. Yeah. And then, because I figured it was still too early to like pull the trigger on Britannia. And yeah, I was like, oh shit, here we are. I'm glad they pulled the trigger. It did feel a bit sudden. Especially it does feel it, a bit sudden it... foster. <laughs> I was making a pun. Yeah, no, because it, because like you said, like most until now, like it had felt more like a, Throwaway joke. joke than like taking it seriously. But it's been and sprinkled usually, like, consistently. Yes, no, it didn't but feel... But it was a hard jump. It didn't feel like coming out of the blue like whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It just feels like coming in like too deep too fast. Because like they go in and then like Well, because later. sudden... Yeah. Yeah, I'm going I'm to save, save that for, for when yeah. we get to that I just scene. do want to mention that Sam leans to Artie and says like... I'm so glad our girlfriends are such good friends. He says, I wish we and could wish be we that. Were that close. And I'm like, same. Yeah. I'd love to see Cordova treated Kevin McHale. Be that close. close. We would love to see that. And then Rachel afterwards applauds them for exploring uncharted world of sapphic charm. Which I'm like, is she being homophobic right now? Is she trying to call them out? Yeah, or outing them. I know. You I'm know? like, that's rude. You're probably the only person that got that singing that I'm, song to just meant that. Obsessed that Rachel Berry knows the word sapphic. Like, <laughs> of course that's she iconic. does. Um, well, I'm just like, I'm sorry, but like her dad's from the <laughs> invented world we've created for them. Don't don't seem like they would take the female queer perspective into account a lot. No, that's fair. They probably don't know any lesbians, don't care to know any lesbians. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Lesbians are the best of us. Oh no, <laughs> like I said, our whole community is built because <laughs> when, of the lesbians. When, the, when America goes I mean, to shit, lesbians will pick it up. And... It's the, the, the gay community exists because of gay women and despite gay, gay men. men. That's so Bury that. Um, Cut to Celibacy Club. It's yes. been almost a year since any members of the Celibacy Club have gotten pregnant. Um, <laughs> Which is iconic. We have... Tensies for Menzies. Tensies for Menzies, that's right. I don't need that um, line, Emma Pillsbury. Pog has now joined because as we discussed previously, he, he discovered that going through with the sex tape would lead to his arrest. Yep. Um, that's what he said. That's what he said. Uh, and then that's what happened. It cuts to the number, right? That they're performing. Uh, yeah. So they're gonna do their number, and uh, of course. Uh oh. Uh, Puck does say, you know, it's it's three girls and one dude, and well, like that's a typical night in the Pokemon bedroom like, bedroom on the weekend. I'm like, that says that anyone who says that that's no, the opposite of the case. Yeah. Um. He's like, we need another dude to balance it out. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. I've been there. Um, and uh, that's when we find out that Carl's going to join mm-hmm. the numbers. We have John Stamos returning to perform Afternoon, Afternoon Delight, Delight with Emma, Rachel, Quinn, and Pop. Yes. Uh, who obviously do not understand the words. The uh, implication and the meaning of the yes, lyric. Because Emma is feeling herself oh, no, and feeling she's, the track. She's like winking. She's like giving they're, me like... They're like in like floral like pantsuit we love their looks uh there's like desserts like a dessert slideshow like in a denny's uh just in the background uh john stamos was available for exactly three hours um (laughs) very bad i think i mentioned this this is the last appearance of john stamos 
I mean, that makes sense um, because we're very. We'll get to. Yeah, you but like soon. as I suspected, they do the whole divorce off screen. Like yeah. we don't see him again. And it felt very like John. Like, can you stop here before you like on your way out to like Vegas? Can you like stop here for three hours? You can leave the motor the motor running. Like, <laughs> do your scenes and like your and contract is up. Because my one might call it an afternoon delight. Like he just popped in, popped out, and went on with yeah. his day. Yeah. So they performed this very like in a very like he like they're living. They're like. It's like it's like the, if the Brady Bunch performed it, or yeah. like a, a church yeah. choir performed yeah. it, and afterwards Holly Holiday's music. Oh, like, do you know what you just sang? Like, and again, this is where I, this is where I say like, maybe our guidance counselor should like have proper sex education because no. she doesn't even know afternoon delights about a new. Oh no, she knows afternoon delights about a nooner. She doesn't know a nooner is not having daytime dessert. Yeah, exactly. Hi, um, Holly here. So I'm, I'm a little confused. Isn't this a strange song for the, the celibacy club to sing? <laughs> well, why? It's so wholesome. It was written during the bicentennial to celebrate America and fireworks and- No, it's about sneaking out for a nooner. Yes, exactly. A nooner's when you have dessert in the middle of the day, right? Right, Carl? Then Carl goes to Holly and says if she holds uh, office hours and if he and Emma can go for a bit. She's still the sex education teacher and it's apparently the sex education teacher's job to do marriage counseling for co-workers. Yes. <laughs> uh, then we have a Bert and Kurt scene again. He picked up pamphlets he at the free clinic. Not from Emma because Emma ain't giving queer <laughs> education pamphlets. Yeah, right? How dare she? Uh, but also like, honey, we could have done better than the free clinic. <laughs> I don't know. The clinic. The clinic. <laughs> Plug the audio. The clinic. <laughs> Well, I'm very happy to see they have to go to the clinic. Oh, we got a match. You know, I go to the one on San Vicente and Santa Monica. You know what I mean, Juju B? You've been there. I've seen you there a few times. Why do you go there, Mae West? Because after your tenth visit, you get one free. <laughs> oh. And we get. I mean, again, I I really like these scenes. They're mm, very. I struggle with them. I I half love them. I half hate them because he also goes on this like stereotypical sex rant about like. Dudes just want to fuck, and like girls have too many feelings. But then he does bring it back to like a good point of like, I think what he doesn't say explicitly, but he's trying to say is like, you're gonna have feelings about this even if you don't think you have feelings mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, about exactly. this. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really love the line that wraps up the scene uh, towards the end where he says, "Don't throw yourself around like you don't matter." Mm-hmm. But that's not gonna happen to me, Dad. No, it's gonna be worse. Okay, because it's two guys. With two guys, you got two people who think that sex is just sex. It's gonna be easier to come by. And once you start doing this stuff, you're not gonna wanna stop. You just, you gotta know that it means something. You know, it's doing something to you, to your heart, to your self-esteem, even though it feels like you're just having fun. So you're saying I shouldn't have sex? I think on your 30th birthday, it is a great gift to yourself. Kurt, when you're ready, I want you to be able to do everything. But when you're ready, I want you to use it as a way to connect to another person. Don't throw yourself around. 
like you don't matter. Because you matter, Kurt. Yeah, I don't know. That that line, no, I like that one a it's lot. A, it's a good line. And again, I think it's they're very good in like bringing in the both points of view that feel authentic. And while I don't think like the points they make are necessarily points I agree with, you know, yeah. I, I do think the like whole sex, like guys act like this and girls, I guess it's a bit reductive and like all that. But I think that a character like that would say that. And No, it's... yeah, it, it makes sense in context and for the characters. And yeah, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with everything about sex that they're saying. Yeah, but I do think, again, there any time there's burden cards, it just feels very authentic to, like, where are they coming from. And they're very good at, like, incorporating those two points of view. Then we find out that Carl and Emma haven't had sex in the four months they've been married. Oop. And then Holly, who's giving, you know, Carl and Emma their their marriage counseling, I guess, she she says, you know, he's hot and you're 30. Yeah. Uh, so why the hell haven't you had sex yet? Yeah, they say that they cuddle a lot, watch the housewives, which Emma thinks very racy. So, so racy. So racy. Here's my thing. I don't for a second believe Emma Pillsbury watches a real Housewives franchise. No. I think she could maybe watch OC. Look, my brain instantly went to which franchise does she watch? Because I she does not watch Atlanta. She could not handle New Jersey. I I don't think she could handle New York. She could, I, mm, she could maybe watch New York, but I think it would make her too uncomfortable. I think she's a bachelor watcher. Like, that makes sense. Like, that, like, that like, makes like sense. Like an obsessive like, bachelor, bachelor. But not bachelor in paradise. No, 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 no that's too much. Too, for her. too racy. Yeah, no, she. But again, I don't believe that she, like, I think she could only watch OC Housewives. And even I'm that not might too be too familiar much. with that. To agree or disagree with you. Feel free to chime in. Which Real Housewives franchises does Emma Pillsbury watch? We have three important questions here. <laughs> um, and that the, every time he tries to touch her, the, uh, like she just she can basically retract into a laughing fit. Then Holly asks her bl- very blatantly, like, "Do you still have feelings for Will?" Uh, and she's like, "I, I am very confused about my feelings." And Carl's like, "Thank you. You be confused at home. I'm gonna go to a hotel." Uh, she loved that my contract's up she, he left the room I mean at least he was like you can stay at the condo and I'll stay at a hotel yeah. I was like yeah. wow hey, and then John Stamos left got he had, to his valet and he had left. he had backups lined up I'm sure Dr. Dr. Carl. Carl oh yeah definitely he's like I'm having someone over tonight like he, he's like fucking Terry Schuster <gasps> that'd be iconic they would also they would make a hot couple they would in a good couple like and because you, you know, know he wants a trophy he, wife. You know well, he wants re- a trophy wife. I remember wife. when he, he said something about, like, I don't do that outside of the bedroom or something about, like, the leather mm-hmm, stuff. Yeah. Like, she would totally dominatrix the fuck out of mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. She wants a dentist. Like, he's a dentist. He probably makes good money. Exactly. She can have They'd be perfect room. for each other. Oh, my God. I hope they ended up together. <laughs> In our minds, they... <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, if fucking... Oh my god, can their child join the Glee Club with Beth? <laughs> and, well, Mr. Shu has a child, right? With Emma, at some point? Probably. Maybe their child. Oh god, for sake. <gasps> imagine if, like, Carl and Terry's child falls in love with Emma's and Will's. Don't give me that like Harry Potter and, and their cursed child bullshit. <laughs> well, they didn't fall in love. They were best friends, but they really fell in love. I just didn't read the fucking play, but I heard they were gay, so I'm gonna <laughs> be mad that they weren't. Uh, and then oh, well, the, we do get a final, uh, an iconic final line, which 
Emma asks Holly, like, please don't tell Will that what I said. And then Holly says, like, my lips are sealed just like your legs. Um, Our lips are sealed. Um, and then we get the Britana of it all. Like, the actual explicit Britana of it all. Okay, Satana's giving me a fringe, though. Like, she's giving me a look. No, you're right. Naya's really good in this episode. It's She like, is. Really I was good. really, like, an actress. Because, um, I mean, the moment, I mean, then she, they're basically, like, trying to talk about their feelings. She opens up and she's like, I've been thinking about why I'm such a bitch, which, continuity, uh, we literally had them calling her out for being so angry, and she's like, I'm a bitch because I'm angry. Mm-hmm. They they called her out like two episodes ago. We had her an episode ago being pointed out as being an emotional drunk, which makes sense because she's hiding all of this anger and all oh, these feelings yeah. about her sexuality. No, it's really good. And her delivery of this whole like scene is it's exquisite. Great. It's really good. Can we talk? But well, we never do that. I know, but uh, I wanted to thank you for performing that song with me in Glee Club. Let me do a lot of thinking. What I've realized is why I'm such a bitch all the time. I'm a bitch because I'm angry. I'm angry because I have all of these feelings. Feelings for you that I'm afraid of dealing with. Because I'm afraid of dealing with the consequences. And Brittany, I can't go to an Indigo Girls concert. I just can't. Understand that? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? No, not really. I want to be with you, but I'm afraid of the talks and the looks. I mean, you know what happened to Kurt at this school. But honey, if anybody were to ever make fun of you. You would either kick their ass or slash them with your vicious, vicious words. Yeah, I know, but I'm so afraid of what everyone will say behind my back. Still, I have to accept that I love you. My only problem is that the person she's in love with is a child. Yeah. And we also, like, their, their relationship has been established very sexually, but we actually haven't seen any romantic mm-hmm. aspects yeah. of that mm-hmm. and also aren't really conditioned to believe that Brittany's capable of romance that, that because she's yeah. not on that level. Yeah. And so while I think Naya's doing great stuff, they're doing really great stuff with Santana's character, I wish she had a bit more of an equal yeah both in terms of character depth and in acting and talent, performance yeah like on her side because i think heather's really great obviously dancing and i think and she's like really great at the one-liners mm-hmm. and the comedy she's really good at but when it comes to like a serious scene like this it just doesn't yeah sell and it, for it's me. very like flat um and after santana confesses her love and literally says i love you um, but she does say, I can't just go to an Indigo Girls concert. Exactly. <laughs> she does she does talk a lot, about, a lot about, like, she literally says, like, Kurt was bullied out of the school, and, like, it's, you know, hard in, like, yeah, this and, like, town, and, like, people look at me differently, mm-hmm, and blah, like, blah, 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 Like, I'm more afraid of, like, what people will say behind my back, which is it's... also a great line, and, mm-hmm. um, and Brittany says, like, I, I love you too, but, like, I can't believe Artie, like, I love him as well, and, like, if we're both single at the same time, like, 
I am yours. Yeah, she basically says, like, I won't up Artie for you. But, like, if Artie and I break up, like, if you're single, would love to. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's shitty. Yeah, that's shitty. Uh, and that's when Santana says, you know, I didn't realize being fluid could make you be so stuck. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. And now we have the final meeting of the cells to be... And now we have the final meeting of the Celibacy Club, mm-hmm. now run by Rachel, yep. because Emma decided she should spend the hour here to fix her sham of a marriage. marriage. Rachel went off. Uh, then uh, they point out that Quinn has a hickey. Yep. Uh, we cut, and it's with Finn. They're spending time together. and uh, Spending the night the together. The night together. Well, maybe not the night, but they were in bed. In bed Had together. been in bed uh, for so quite is... a while because he freaks out because he thinks her mom's home. Yeah. So this is a reconnection that you were talking about. So apparently they're, like, fooling around again together. Well, and what, like, what made me, like, not ship Quinn and Finn by the end of this episode is that at the end of the scene, like, we have them reconnecting, we have them having chemistry, da 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 But then she turns to him and she's like, you know, you know, this is just in time. We have just enough time, you know, to campaign for prom king and queen. And we're going to be like on top of it yeah. all and blah, 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 blah. He's like, that's not what all this is about. Is it? She's like, no, of course not. Da, da, da. But I was like, this is when we, I mean, maybe, maybe it's kind of true to Quinn in that, like, she went from being the pregnant girl and she's trying to like climb her way back to the mm-hmm. top in a kind of way and reestablish like in her mind she was probably going to be prom queen yeah like her whatever year of high school before uh she got pregnant and yeah. so she's trying to reclaim that status so i get it but it does feel like i don't know i feel like quinn fabre feminist icon has been lost along the way oh yeah no 100 percent. also i think it just like gave more story than the show ever and Gave her this episode, you know, in depth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we have Holly and Will are gonna try to actually make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, As he's practicing fin-proof choreography, fin-proof for, choreography. The, for the new direction. Uh, she says, I think I might, it's time maybe I find some stability and like give this romance thing a try. Because she is transferring to another school yes, because there were some complaints mm-hmm. because her sex ed made it difficult for people to watch VeggieTales the same again. Precisely. So I'm like, why are your teens watching VeggieTales? But okay. okay. Uh, and the episode ends as they embrace. She's which is a curious because... I mean, I know she's back in the episode after next, and I know she's not back after that for a while, so it's just weird that they're like, we're going to plant this whole relationship and not going to make it last. Well, either it's going to, either it's going to wrap up by the end of next episode, which I can't remember, or it's going to happen off screen. Like, it'll be like said for weeks that like oh you're he's dating holly he's with holly like holly will get mentioned but like we won't actually like the carl of it all yeah i get it which is fine because like i'm like that means we aren't like probably devoting Mm -hmm. storylines to will yeah Um, she did say something about uh helping those girls uh teaching those girls how to get their stevie nicks on which was like that just sounds gay i mean it is not i mean not according to authority store but uh, (laughs) it is Okay, is this a slushy or a gold star? I think it. I didn't enjoy it as much as blaming on the alcohol. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I don't think it's a bad episode. No. I think it's done like it's moved the plot by far the farthest. Than yes. Every anything There's else. There's actual in this. plot. There's actual character mm-hmm. work in this episode. I like the same the same thing with the alcohol thing that there's a theme, but like. 
they're not constrained by it and they're actually like using the theme to explore different things about the, the characters. Uh, like we mentioned, I think Holly Holiday is working in favor of the stories instead of like everything wrapping up around her. I don't think the numbers are good. Like I don't think we, there's any like standout memorable numbers except well, Landslide is actually pretty fucking good. I even I, like I, the I even like the the kiss tango. Yes, but I don't I don't think this is a, a as opposed to something like duets, which I think stands out because of its numbers. Mm-hmm. I think this stands out mo- mostly because of plot. Oh yeah. Um, I I think that it's a gold star for me. I think it's one of the just in in, in the way it advances the story and uses all the other elements to advance it. I think it's Definitely. very well crafted. Um, this one it's so funny because I was. Part of the reason I was going to give the other one a slushy initially is because I was going to give this one a gold star. Uh, and then after talking about this one, I feel less inclined to give it a gold star, but still want to give it a gold star. Like, I'm not... Like, I was, like, higher on it. Yeah. More... Like, one of the things that I think I didn't quite, like, catch on until you mentioned it is, like, how really cartoonish, like, the, mm-hmm. the Emma of it all was, yeah. which is... So true. Yeah. Um, like, but also it kind of makes sense because there was a cert- sort of sudden, like, Emma's different. She can, like, suddenly, like, run off and get married. And so it's good to know that, like, actually she's been the exact same mm-hmm, person. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. we haven't... She's not this wild... Yeah, I mean, I'm just, like, I, I think Jamie May is, like, does great when she gives the opportunity to. Yes. Her. And the fact that just give her this, like, very one note mm-hmm. to... Th- like it just frustrates me so in the end i am giving it a gold star because i think um it's it's a pretty serious episode there's there's really good stuff happening here it's an actual like attempt to further plot and develop character which i really appreciate i think it's in a way that hasn't really happened like in a while and to take like Something that's been a throwaway joke, and to make it like serious and well, eventually one of the becomes integral and, to and the foundationals of the show. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like the the show isn't the show without Britanna, and so um, I think it's really important for that reason. And I think, um, like I said, I have my issues with a bunch of it, but more of that is ongoing issues with the show, not necessarily issues with this episode. Because I yeah. think for the most part, this episode is it handles most of it really mm-hmm. well. Yeah. You know, um, the handle of, like, the whole sex, like, sex education of it all, like, mm-hmm. it, it makes great points. The whole conversation with Blaine and, and Bird, like, I, I really liked all, all, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's rank some numbers. Uh, we have five numbers. We have Do You Want to Touch Me, originally performed by Joan Jett, performed here by Holly Holiday. Originally performed by Neon Trees, performed here by The Warblers. Kiss, 
Originally performed by Prince and the Revolution, performed here by Will and Holly. You don't have to be rich to be my girl. You don't have to be cool to rule my world. Ain't no particular sign I'm more compatible with. I just want your extra time and your kiss. Landslide, originally performed by Fleetwood Mac with the Dixie Chicks. Performed here by Holly, Santana, and Brittany. Afternoon Delight, originally performed by Starland Vocal Band. Jesus. Or er, performed here by Carl, Puck, Rachel, Emma, and Quinn. Thinking of you working up my appetite. Looking forward to a little afternoon delight. Loving six and so together make the sparks ignite. And the thought of loving you is getting so excited. Um, I'll go top to bottom. I'm gonna give top to landslide just because mm-hmm. I don't want to piss any queer girls off. Um, no, but also like for me, I mean, it's a, it sounds really good. It's a good recording of the song. For me, the biggest aspect is really like Naya's face mm-hmm. the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like she yeah. sells that performance. Um, she really delivers. Like I was really pleasantly surprised with. Uh, how much she really delivered throughout this entire yeah. episode. Um, and then I will say number two is, uh, do you want to touch me? I don't love like the context of it all, but yeah. it's a fun number. Mm-hmm. Like Gwyneth looks hot doing it. Uh, she does. It's great. Uh, three, I will give to the kiss tango mainly because I just love the tango of it mm-hmm. all. Like I don't need a Matthew Morrison duet, but, um, it's like the one of the least annoyed by him I've been during a number. Yeah. Um, and I love that. Um, I'll give uh, four to Afternoon Delight just because it's ridiculously mm-hmm. iconic yeah. Yeah. and their outfits and their expressions and they're so pure and joyous yeah. and perfect and blah, 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 blah. And then, yeah, I didn't need that not sexy, sexy animal warblers, warblers yeah. performance. So yeah. that's where I am. Um... Yeah, similarly, well, not actually not quite similarly. Um, my last one is also animal. Don't don't tempt me with a sexy warbler's number if you're not gonna give me a sexy warbler's number. Exactly. Um, my number four is actually. Do you want to touch me? Um, mm. I think it's a good rendition. Uh, I think, aha, uh-huh, when it looks hot. But yeah, I, I don't know. It wasn't like at the end of the day that memorable for me. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, of of especially around this episode. Uh, number three is Kiss. Um, great rendition uh, of that song. I love the fantasy aspect of it. I love a, a, a Moulin Rouge moment. And will kind of look hot. Ooh. Uh, number two is Afternoon Delight. I think it's ridiculous. You put I, Afternoon it's, Delight it's at two. I can't two. with it's, you. It's, 
I love the outfits that they're wearing. I love an Emma bo- uh, number. Uh, it's ridiculous that like the 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 glee with which they are performing it. It's just like it's, wow, the glee. It's, it's really like I don't know. It's fun in the in the like satirical way that the show can be fun. Yes, and one is landslide. Like it's yeah, like it's emotional. Like it's has resonance in the plot. It's uh, the lesbian scam of the year. And <laughs> with that. So now that we have caught up on everything on Glee, here's what you missed not on Glee. Uh, We really only have one little news tidbit. Yeah, it's the holidays. News are slow. Yeah. And um, it's it's related to The Prom, which is the uh, Broadway musical that Ryan Murphy is making for Netflix. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is in rehearsals right now. We love it. Yeah, they start filming in a couple weeks. As previously announced, uh, the cast is Meryl Streep, James Corden, Nicole Kidman, Kerry Washington, Kegel Michael Key, Andrew Reynolds, uh, and then one bit of casting. Athena, please don't forget. Oh, thank Aquafina. you. No, I'm, well, you know what? Blame the Deadline article that I'm <laughs> looking at right now because they are the ones that didn't say her. Um, one bit of casting from a couple weeks ago that we overlooked was. Ariana DeBose uh, is going to be playing the role of Alyssa Green, which is what was originally reported to be the Ariana Grande yes. role. Um, Ariana was in the... Oh, this is confusing, because um, both their names are Ariana. Um, <clears throat> so it was originally reported to be Ariana Grande. It is Ariana DeBose. Ariana DeBose is from uh, the... Donna Summer musical. She played Disco Donna. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's also, we have no choice but to stand, going to be Anita. In the Spielberg. West Side Story. West Side Story with our queen, Rachel, Rachel. Siegler. Oh. Which is just a new incarnation of Rachel Berry. Um, oh, we we can't go into that because we, no we will do it, stand. but we love her. Um, so that was announced a couple weeks ago, and the reason we caught it t- today is because after a nationwide search, up-and-coming actress Jo Ellen Pellman from The Deuce on HBO landed the lead role in The Prom as Emma, who is the, the uh, main lesbian teen who inspires the celebrities to end up mm-hmm. coming to their mm-hmm. high school prom. So I'm, I don't watch the deuce. Um, so I'm not familiar with her, but she looks great. I'm actually really excited about, uh, Ariana DeBose. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty exciting. As, as Elizabeth And also Green, that confirmed, cause, cause I think we talked last time there was a casting announcement that Carrie, Carrie Washington's Washington? role was not. And so uh, she's going to play the like so, stuck up PTA. Yeah. Aww. That kind of uh, cements we that Carrie is playing that. that. Uh, I'm actually really excited for this movie. Like, it's gonna be it'll fun. be it'll be great. It's gonna be yeah, fun. I think it'll be like, a good anything, time. I mean, you fun. know, I have my annoyances, but those aside, yeah, I think it'll be great. Um, okay, yeah, I think that's everything. Cause yeah, we Thanksgiving break just kind of happened in the middle of this, and uh, and nobody's dropping nobody's news dropping during news. that. Uh uh-uh. uh So let's do our our six degrees and call it a night. All right, let's do it. Um. Our six degrees, as always, is the uh, signature game of this podcast in which we try to link a member of the Glee cast with another random celebrity. Uh, we have to do it in two minutes or less. The first minute we go by it on ourselves. The second minute we can help each other. And the only rule is we cannot use the Murphy verse. 
You have one? I have one. I do. Oh, okay. Do you want to go first? Or... Yeah, I do, actually. Um, uh, this literally just came to me as I was okay. trying to figure it out. So, we have mm -hmm. Holly Holiday mm -hmm. giving sexy lessons mm -hmm. uh, to the new direction. Yes. Sexy is one of the highlight numbers from the Broadway musical adaptation of Mean Girls. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And it's performed by the character Karen Smith, uh -huh. who is, it's basically the Halloween number being like, Halloween is, yes. is the day we can dress as sexy as we want and do yes. whatever we want. Yes. Um, and obviously, mm -hmm. The character of Karen is originally portrayed uh -huh. by none other than our Mamma Mia queen, uh -huh. Amanda Seyfried. Uh -huh. So please take me from one Gwyneth Paltrow okay. to one Amanda Seyfried. Okay. Which is um, probably easy. That's probably easy. Because, um, again, Amanda's in the Mamma Mia verse, which is easy. Uh, Gwyneth was in the... She doesn't remember it, but she was in the Avengers verse. Uh, so I just need to connect Amanda. Um, who in Mamma Mia could be linked to the Murphyverse? Oh, I know. Uh, Amanda Seyfried was in the Mamma Mia movies with Dominic Cooper, who played Robert Downey Jr.'s dad. Wait, really? In one of the Captain America films, like in the... In like a flashback? In like, well, when the first Captain America was in like the 40s. I think uh, he Donald played Cooper. Robert Downey Jr.'s dad, mm -hmm. or the grandfather. In a Captain America movie. Yeah. Uh, well, Robert like Downey Iron, Iron Man's dad. Oh, he's around. Yes. Oh, um, well, that's well, whatever. Downey Cooper is an MCU, and Gwyneth Paltrow is an MCU. That was lame. Well, yeah. You made I I took I gave you something really gay, and you made it straight. Sometimes straight is easy, you know. Wow. Um, That's what Britney said to <laughs> Santana. I'm not saying it's better. Oh, I'm he is. He's it's... Howard Stark. Yes. Who knew? Yes. That's so boring, Jorge. I am Could've sorry. Could have gone through big love. I'd have we gone through big love. I've been recording for two and a half hours. We have. No, my I mind get is going. melting. Uh, okay, so dude. I have one for you. So, in the episode Blame It on the Alcohol, Rachel is trying to live a little in order to further her songwriting career. Wow. An example she uses as someone she aspires and someone whose audio cues we drop is one Miss Carol King. Oh my queen! So I'm gonna ask you to link Leah Michelle with Carol King. Okay, this should be easy because Carol King was played by Tony Award winner Jesse Mueller on Broadway in Waitress, which gives me <laughs> Did I really just say in Waitress? That's hilarious. Um in Beautiful, the Carol King musical. Because I was thinking ahead of myself, because obviously if, where I'm going to take that is Waitress, which gives me Kamiko Glenn and Orange is the New Black, which gives me Kila Settle and uh, Greatest Showman, but it also gives me Catherine McPhee and Smash. Who in Smash can get me 
to... Mm, okay, well that works, but I feel like there's a quicker way. I mean, if you have it, just go for it. I mean, I have it. I guess something like, yeah, it's boring though. It's a typical way we go. Okay, so Leah Michelle was in um, uh, Spring Awakening with Jonathan Groff. Jonathan Groff was on The Good Wife. Uh, Christine Baranski had her Good Wife spinoff, The Good Fight. Bernadette Peters guest starred on The Good Fight. Um, Bernadette Peters plays Megan Hilty's mom in Smash. Catherine McPhee plays Megan Hilty's rival in Smash. I'm way over six, but I don't give a flying fuck. Stop me. Arrest me. Um, and, uh, and then Catherine McPhee was in Waitress on the West End and on Broadway. And Jesse Mueller, who played Carol King on Broadway, originated the role of Jenna in Waitress. Boop, yes, ba-doop, ba-doop, ba-doop. that's like 12 degrees of separation, <laughs> but we, I was going to give you Jesse Mueller, but I figured you would get to Jesse Mueller from Carol King. Yeah, I mean. So I just like added a step. I felt like the way I went, unless we wanted to go of like the way of like, was it, was it a, what was, who else was at the Kennedy Center Honors perform? Well, I was going to think the VH1 Divas. Like, oh, with like, you know, iconic. Gloria and yeah. Mariah and Celine mm-hmm. and all those. There's probably some shortcut. Like I said, either either Orange is the New Black or... I'm sure there is, but you found it, so it's... Tweet at us. We love, a, we love a scenic route. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's our episode. Sh- if you can shorten it, let me know. Uh, yeah, please let us know. So that's our episode. Uh, this actually may be our last regular episode of 2019. Yes, because Jorge's traveling, I'm traveling... It's Christmas time, y'all. And we're going to have some guests for future episodes, so we ain't got to plan all that, so... um, Because, you know, there's still still plenty to be excited about this year. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and like I said, this is our last regular episode. Uh, So, you can find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Please leave a five-star review on iTunes. We may read it. Leave us a a six-degrees task. We may do it. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at GleeWinePod, and you can find me personally there at ColorMeJorge. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at as underscore scene on TV. Uh, as always, we want to thank uh, Aaron Rodriguez uh, for his uh, beautiful artwork. You can find him on Instagram at TolpelAaron. And I think it's your turn to it leave is. with an outro. I went on a journey this okay. episode Please. in terms of, of outro song selection. Because my first thought was, I wanted to do Look What I Found from A Star Is mm-hmm, Born because mm-hmm. of the whole Carol King, Sarah Barilla yeah, singer-songwriter yeah. vibe that Rachel had going, and plus she was alone in her house because her rich gay dads were cruising. Um, then I was like, should I do Sexy for Mean Girls? Mm-hmm. Which obviously I tied into my six degrees, so I'm not going to do it anymore, though it would have been perfect. What I landed on is uh, an iconic number from Grease 2 reproduction which is all about sex education yeah, our second and grease two number it's it's the outro it's a number that this episode desperately could have could have used yeah because i was a 
I think I said this a little bit, like, I loved the self-awareness of this episode, especially when they specifically called out things like, Finn, you thought you got your girl pregnant with the... This would have been perfect for this episode. But yeah, I love those moments where, like, Holly's like, so you thought you got your girlfriend pregnant from a jacuzzi? And he's like, uh, uh. Yeah. So Uh, I think they all could have used this number. So we leave you with this number from Gleese to... Wow. Uh, and we will see you very soon. Okay, bye. Production. Pre-production. Put your Holly tube to work. Pre-production. Pre-production. Make my gaming go with her. Pre-production. I don't think they even know what a pistol is. I got your pistol right here. Where does the polling go?